voice and Randy Mines and electric guitar. Fantastic. Uh, so welcome everyone again to Bryce and Ren and Corey in the house. Uh, this is the season finale. Uh, today we will be discussing season two, episode 13 of Corey in the House. Mad songs pay so much. Uh, and what'd you say? Job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so... With me, as always, uh, to break down the episode is one Renan Fontes. Ren, how's it going? I think we should have a new theme song for Ned's, and I think it should have like a jazz flair to it. Oh, that's like uh, some saxophone? Yeah. And maybe it's a saxophone instead of electric guitar. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> well, it could be Mr. Principal. Like, Mr. Principal, you mind some saxophone? There we go. Yeah. Uh, but it shouldn't be the same. Uh, it shouldn't be the same song you're thinking. Uh, like, uh, you know how like on the pianos, they come with like those different like little settings, mm-hmm. like a funky setting or a disco yeah. setting. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You can do that, but like for jazz. Okay. With our basic tune. Yes. So to be clear, I made this song in GarageBand, the Apple app, uh, and I just took some like pre-built tunes and put it together to make this. But uh, yeah, I can, if you want, learn how to play saxophone if you want all right I see how it is yeah i can definitely do that um welcome to the finale me personally or the people watching you it's personally different, different being able to see you yeah it is it's very different uh but it's good i feel like it's a good energy that we have and uh, finale we've, we've made it through every single episode of cory in the house we are here to talk about the final one say our goodbyes, give a send off to one Corey Baxter and move on with our lives. I think we need to discuss the episode. We need to go through our favorite Corey moments. Yeah. Yep. Uh, our least favorite Corey moments. Mm-hmm. Corey moments that'll haunt us. Mm-hmm. And Corey moments we'll tell our children about. Okay. That's good. That last one's going to be a tough one. Because I, I imagine that I won't want to talk about any of the Cory in the House moments with my, my future children. You'll have to confront this with them. Someday they're going to find out you watched every episode of Cory in the House and you're going to need an answer. <laughs> so that they'll, yeah, they'll find out and I'll be like, children, children, there's a lesson here. <laughs> and the lesson is next time, just rent the movie instead of staying up to watch it late at night. Right? That's the, the ultimate lesson that we get in our finale. And in my opinion, the ultimate lesson of Corey in the house. This episode really exemplified everything that Corey in the house could do wrong, I think. Uh, it, that's an interesting take. I feel like this was, for season two, like the most neutral of episodes that we could have gotten. I was going to use the word middle of the road, not yeah. Okay. Um, so differentiate those two, because in my mind, I'm thinking of those two things to be similar. Uh, how do you feel that middle of the road is different than, well, than neutral? Well, I see is like inoffensive. Oh, okay. Middle of the road I see is like <laughs> mediocre. 
Yes, this is Corey in the house. So there's definitely moments. Yeah, definitely moments that are a little bit uh, offensive here and there. Uh, yeah, okay, so I agree with you then. I, I see your thinking then. Uh, uh, so this episode feels like it spits on the face of everything season two built itself on. The voluptuation, which mm-hmm. we'll get to when we get to meet how Mina behaves. Yeah. Episode, and mm-hmm. the Corian new love life thing by just formally, I guess, dropping candy. Yes. Yeah. There's a moment, I think it's in our opening where Corey's like, someday I hope that we meet girls who care about us as much as Mina cares about uh, the boy that she's into in this episode. And um, I, he said that and I was like, so Candy must be gone. Yeah. Like we, we literally wasted six episodes of our lives with on again, off again, Corey and Candy just to completely ditch Candy in the finale. Most of the season was Corey and Candy. Mm-hmm. And this was the last episode written for season two. Yeah. So they definitely, they, the writers knew that they went through all of this with Candy before. Yeah. Um, so before we, we dive in too deep to the episode, Ren, a uh, few housekeeping things. Okay. Grace and Ren and Corey in the house, DS. Uh, you and I once recorded an episode about the game and it's I, never, we, never we, made its way. We, I thought we agreed when we would... We did upload that, but I don't remember what we settled on. We were gonna put it out E3 week, like around video game time. Damn it, you're right. uh, We didn't. Uh, It it didn't happen. And so uh, Andrew Jet messaged this week and was like, "Hey, before Corey in the House is over, we got to make sure that we get the DS episode." And so, uh, yes, uh, what I think what the plan is, Ren. Let me know if this sounds okay. Okay. Is it, it doesn't make sense to put out an episode of Corey in the House, Brace and Ryan Corey in the House after the finale. No, I don't think so. But I think what does make sense is for us to do a, um, is for me to put it at the end of the episode. As like a bonus? So like we hit the credits, right? We're done. The finale's over. And then it goes into our one hour plus conversation on Corey in the House DS. Oh my god. <laughs> I think that that's the only way to do it. It is? I, I can't make a separate episode. Uh, I guess not. I guess I guess not. If we mm-hmm. can't make a separate episode and release after the finale, then the DS episode has to be the post-credits to this episode. Mm-hmm. Naturally. So, heads up. <laughs> if you... Like if you're looking... Hour episode. You said four and a half? You think we're gonna go three and a half hours tonight? I don't think the DS episode was just an hour, was it? No, it was. It felt oh. like four hours. It felt very, very long. And I went back and looked at it this week. And it, yeah. That's baffling to me. It's a lot shorter than we'd remembered. Uh, and we also do a bit at the end where we're like talking about things to come. And at this point, those things have come. So. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, so I can, I'll, I'll cut those out. I'll, I'll edit around it. So it's really just the meat of the conversation. But, uh. So we have that for housekeeping, Ren. And then next week, we're moving on to Ned's Declassified. That's right. We're going back to middle school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You excited for this? I am. Did you, uh, did you enjoy sixth grade? Sixth grade specifically. Uh, I went on a field trip. It was a week-long like camp field trip thing. And... Uh, it was like camp so like all the counselors had like silly names like one was like ducky and another one was jimbo 
we sung songs, we like acted out skits. And uh, at one point we had to paint, we like uh, used food dye to paint pudding and then use our tongues to paint pictures on the, uh, on a piece of paper with the food dyed pudding. Any thoughts? You said this was like a camp you went to? It was sixth grade. Yeah, the whole class went. They made you go to a week-long tongue camp in sixth grade. It wasn't, okay, it was not all, it was not all tongue focused, but just that there was like a 45 minute period in the week was we had to do that. What would make you do these tongue things? Yeah, and actually I don't think it was we all had to do it. It was something I actively signed (laughs) up for. It was like an elective for camp that week. What choices did you have where you chose the tongue painting? It was like, so every week, uh, every day you had to like, it was like dissect like something was always part of it. Um, and so I never dissected anything. I think one day was like dissect a shark, like dissect a frog, which side note, I don't know where they're getting so many sh- like sharks each week, but whatever. Off coast. Uh, off coast? Yeah. Just cast the net. Always jawsing around. <laughs> that movie was here in Massachusetts. Um... It was filmed in Massachusetts. It takes place in New York. But it's here. Mm, okay. Um, any other questions about my camp? Uh, no, not I think about that's it. Yeah, I think... I, I think, know everything I need to about your camp. Yeah. Uh, we called... Oh, uh, you know the bird and the egg and the egg and the nest and the nest and the twig? Uh, like warm-up that we used to do yes. uh, when we did improv? So that came from that camp. Oh, all right. So it was kind of like grandfathered in from them. Yes. So we're kind of, we were kind of like the next generation. Of that camp. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Did you have a good sixth grade? I moved halfway through it. So mm-hmm. It was kind of a mixed bag. So you were the so new we kid. call it neutral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you were the new kid on the block. I was the new kid on the block. Yeah. I wonder if there'll be an episode like that in Ned's. Where there's a new kid? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there is. It's like a classic school. Uh, yeah. Trip. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like someone who's really popular. The episode of Lloyd in Space that I watched when we were deciding what show to watch was about a new kid. Really? Yeah. So, um, all right. Anything else for housekeeping? Or are we ready to dive in to One Mad more. Songs Pay So Much? Yeah. What, what else do you got? <laughs> so Corey in the House aired. It first aired January 12th, 2007. Final episode aired September 12th, 2008. It was on the air for one year, eight months for a total of 609 days. That was Corey in the house's life cycle. Wow. One year, eight months, exactly. And then gone. 609 days is... Um, a lot. Sounds like a lot. But like in TV, it's really not that much. Not even two years. No. Well, especially because the last season, didn't they spread out the last season? So there was one episode every, like um, every, month. every month. Throughout the uh, year, up until they got to September, which it ended. Yeah. So, yeah, they really dragged it out. All right, let's do it, Ren. All right, grand finale. Episode 13, the season finale, series finale, opens up with Corey acknowledging um, that it was a terrible weekend. Lousy, lousy weekend. Lousy weekend. It rained every day. And this is the one that got me. The storm blew out his cable. (laughs) The White House cable? (laughs) The White House didn't have cable for the weekend? It has, like, news reporters who need to report live from the White House daily, and that's fine, but Corey couldn't get his cable? 
So this is what I mean. This is why I said this episode exemplifies everything bad about Corey in the house at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because it makes little errors like these. Like, it just doesn't even acknowledge the premise, the fact that Corey lives in the White House. It's the foundation of the entire series. <laughs> which is another detail that's been pushed aside as we've gone on throughout season two. And it's something that's not even relevant to the finale. It's a show about a boy who lives in the White House. Mm-hmm. It's what it's about. It's Corey in the house. So I guess one could argue that Corey wouldn't have ended up in the situation he does if not for the circumstances based on being in the White House. In yeah, that episode. doesn't change the fact that the show's still not using its premise. Yeah. Yeah, like the set itself, the fact that it's the White House, the... I mean, last week we got an a na- a issue of national security. I guess. <laughs> and we thought that was awful, right? Well, you know, I'd so, rather Corey in the House strike... For the finale, I'd mm-hmm. rather it strike out using its premise Yeah. than, you know, play it safe. The, what we get here. Thing, just forgetting. Yes. Well, I don't know if playing it safe is introducing a brand new set um, in the last last episode. And I feel like, <laughs> yeah, their budget went all out here. Yeah, so Corey had a bad weekend because of that. Uh, Newt had a bad weekend. He got struck by lightning again. And his hair is still uh, fried. Still smoking. He takes off a hat and there's like smoke that comes from it. Oh, uh, Bryce, mm-hmm. do you watch Corey in the House with subtitles? I do, yeah. Did you notice that lightning was spelled wrong? I didn't. They no. they used lightning, L-I-G-H-T-E-N-I-N-G, which means a drop in the level of the uterus during the last weeks of pregnancy as the head of the fetus engages in the pelvis. And they used that spelling consistently every time Newt said lightning. He got struck by a head of the fetus engaging with the pelvis twice wow wow for newt uh and you so this is what he meant right that's that's the captions wouldn't have gotten it wrong here something i learned in college that you have to use what the text provides you yes lightning is in text evidence Mm -hmm. we have to honor the definition of the word it it wasn't lightning the we the way we think it was no even if visually that's Mm -hmm. clearly what the right yeah i was just gonna say so what caused newt's hair to smoke electric baby okay like an eel what like an eel kind of like uh yeah when it's in the uterus it's all like electricity okay we need to we're gonna move on (laughs) mina is in a uh so i i wrote mina is in like a cloud of love so like newt had a bad weekend struck by lightning or lightning again and then Corey uh bad weekend it rained every day has no cable mina's like it was beautiful um craig berkowitz is back right i know what the hell <laughs> like 30 weeks later craig <laughs> berkowitz comes back and it's it's the same actor right it is, it's the same actor yeah i feel like it's something only cb could pull off and i'd be okay with i i didn't mind seeing him again me neither uh yeah. all things considered i think he did a pretty awful job in the final scene <laughs> but, uh-huh. but we'll get there yeah so mina is in love with craig berkowitz they're um like together everything is great mina runs over to him and as she's over there newt and Corey are like newt says love is a beautiful thing Corey says yeah having someone you want to be with forever and newt says or even longer mm. newt uh, i thought newt was pretty good today pretty good newt lines 
Yeah, he had some solid zingers. I don't, I, I gotta be honest, what does he mean by this, Ren? Did, did this make sense to you? Is he saying, like, like till death do us part, but, like, post-death? Is that what he's getting at? He's a spiritual guy, you know, he believes in the Okay. Act. He believes okay. marriage continues into death. Yeah. So, okay. like, if your spouse dies and you remarry and you go to heaven, then mm-hmm. you gotta make a choice, you know? Not really heaven is it now, is it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that, that clarifies things for me a little bit. Do you think uh, reincarnation? Do I think Newt is a reincarnation? But was Newton the uh, like the first time? Hatching with this, he was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, sh- I buy this. So hatching Pete happened. Um, did he die as the chicken? I think eventually Mitchell Musso got so jealous that yeah, he killed hatching Pete. Okay, mm-hmm. like on the trampoline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he jumped, Newt jumped on the trampoline. Mitchell Musso came out, pulled the trampoline out from underneath him, mm-hmm. and then Newt fell and landed on the ground and broke his legs. Tragic. Tra- tragic. What and a then, way to go, right? And then died and then woke up as, I assume, as Newt, the, like, 14-year-old or 15-year-old. Ep- in episode one of Corey. <laughs> yeah. Like, for a second, he remembered that he died catching <laughs> Pete, mm-hmm. and he could feel it as his memories were being wiped out and replaced with Newt's. Mm-hmm. It's like a, like, yeah, it's like a WandaVision scenario. (laughs) He wants to get out, but all he knows is to just say, like, his lines. Newt Vision. Get excited about flu shots. So, um, yeah, so in this scene, um, Mina and uh, Craig Berkowitz, um, they're together. They're, Corey and Newt are admiring the love, and then Mina comes over. Uh, She's very upset. She's like, I never want to talk to that yak, but again, he broke up with me. Um... And that's that's our opening. That's our One cold of our, opening. another bland opening. Yakbutt was the punchline. It Bahavia in general, it's always been a shitty joke for Corey in the house. Mm-hmm. It's never gotten much mileage for the writers, and it's a well they go back to time and time again. Yeah. And it it should have it should have been dried at the end of season one. Yeah. Yeah, here we are. We're down a yakbutt. Mm-hmm. They were never creative or funny to begin with, but this just feels uninspired. Oh, it, it feels completely uninspired. Yeah, they just want, they were like, we just got to get to the credits so we can get to the next scene, then the next scene so we can be done. <laughs> call it a wrap. We'll just have her say yak butt and call it a day. Uh, so we get our credits uh, into the next scene. Corey and Newt um, are at uh, Casa de la Newt, which is, we've been here in a little bit. I know, it's been a while. Well, it's because mm-hmm. everything lately has been involved with candy, so we've been at the school for everything. Yeah, and they're here for DC3's band practice, which is also something that we haven't Washington really... Three. The Washington 3, the famous famous off, um, off-brand band featuring the same three members. So they're here, and Mina's like, I gotta play. Like, I Just like, play me a riff, I gotta sing. Like, something's on my mind. Louder, angrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey, Corey, make sure you're recording this. <laughs> he does it on his laptop, which sports a money sign where the Apple logo typically is on a MacBook. Uh, Bryce, did you catch the lyrics to Mina's new song? I wrote them down. All right, by all means, go for it. Uh, you think my heart is just a play toy, but it's not. No, it's not. You think you can take my heart and stomp it, but you can't. No, you can't. You think my heart is like a meatloaf that you can stomp and grind and sprinkle with pain. 
why meatloaf why the meatloaf i don't know and it is the thing is is that line is brought up like three or four times the specific yeah, a bunch of times the meatloaf thing and i don't know if it's supposed to be funny there's no laugh track that comes with it when she says it no when it's repeated later on um i think there's a laugh track when newt says it like it's a light but laugh track. You get, the audience is kind of tired it's very weird like if you're angry and you're just like pouring your heart and emotions and your anger into whatever your preferred art form is in this case for mina it's her song i don't think you're gonna go you're gonna pull out meatloaf from here unless that was a their thing maybe they eat meatloaf together I mean, like, maybe, okay, let's think about it. They go yeah. to the Purple Lobster for the first date. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Corey and Stickler kind of ruin it. Mm-hmm. So they go back to Craig's uh, chalet. Mm-hmm. He makes her a nice little meatloaf. He grounds, he grinds and stomps it, sprinkles it with a little bit of pain for her. Mm-hmm. You know, she remembers that interaction. Yeah. When it comes to the song. She's, she's, you know, it's not metaphorical. She's literally it's remembering literally. how Craig made a meatloaf. You know, there's, the- there's no depth here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a very shallow song. Uh, Red, what is in meatloaf? Like, what is it? A bunch of meats? It's like a. It can have vegetables. You know, it's mostly like lumps of meat with vegetables, right? I mean, it might. Well, my, be. My, my parents never made meatloaf for me when I was a yeah. kid. Um, I think of like fruit cake. Like, uh, like fruit cake is vegetarian meatloaf. Yeah, like. The, the, is that does that sound right? Is that a good take? I guess so. I mean, meat lo- a loaf is like a loaf, you know? There's bread mm-hmm. loaf, there's meat loaf, there's fruit cake loaf. Okay. They're all in the same family. The loafs. The loafs. Mm-hmm. Loaf of meat. So, uh, Mina, in the middle of the song, she has to stop. She gets a text from Craig Berkowitz, who wants to talk. Craig and Newt, right off the bat, want to finish the song. So they're like, oh, we were doing so well. Where are you going? And Mina's like, I gotta go talk to Craig. Mina is so bad at being in a band. <laughs> This is their rehearsal time. They were in the middle of a session. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that, that's a great point. The, like, the only other time that we've gotten a DC3-centric plot this season is when Alexander took over Newt's house and <laughs> made them write a song, and Mina was like, I still gotta go. Like, you two can write the song, but I have to leave. Mina's yeah, you're right. Mina is really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's not good at being in a band by any means. Um, so our... B plot here is what we get introduced to next. Victor comes into Sophie's room where we have the trio that we've been so used to seeing this season of Haley, Tanisha, and Sophie. I'm convinced if the show kept going, so this little trio would have been a bigger part of it. Did do we want a spin-off of Corey in the house with this trio? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to be in this universe any longer. Are you sure? Like I I, I gotta be honest, like I think Haley's hysterical. Haley- and funny but like i don't want to it's not it's like newt it's not enough to actually watch Corey in the house but she's uh, i think she's funnier than newt i don't know what it is if it's her delivery if it's just like she seems like an absolute space cadet the entire time she's on screen i don't know it's a lot better than newt's yeah it could just be she gets the better jokes but i i think she's funny no actually i'm not gonna just say it's the writing run i think that like her delivery, uh, no, I'm not going to say her delivery is better than Newt. It's very good, though. It's better than most most of the cast of the show. She's funny. She is funny. I wouldn't watch an entire show for her. I wonder where she's at now. Um, so Victor comes into them. They're hanging out. Uh, he has 23 extra desserts. I thought that was a weird number, 23. Well, there were 23 people at the president's ball. Oh, so no one, no one ate a dessert. 
Well, yeah, that's what he says. They were all watching their figure. Yes. And then he makes like a fish face. Would you eat Victor's creme brulee? I like creme brulee. Yeah. Like it's like, um, oh, which one's creme brulee? Creme brulee is like the sugary, like hard sugary top. And then it's kind of like a uh, yogurty texture on the bottom. Not yeah. yogurty, like soft. It's pretty like good. Cream. Like burned, like toasted cream. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Tanisha's like, that sounds nasty. And then uh, Haley's given the line. So this is not one of the Haley lines that I'm a big fan of, but she's given the line. <laughs> you just did a big speech about how Haley gets the best <laughs> lines and right into it. Yeah, I set, set this trap here. Um, yikes. So uh, Haley says, so he's like, oh, I made Crumb Relate. Tanisha's like, that sounds nasty. Haley says, and foreign. Disney Channel writer. The, Corey and the House writers know they don't have a job left, so might as well just write whatever they want. Like, really? Really? We're going to make this girl say that? Um, yeah, and they play the laugh track. It's hysterical. Something that might be a little bit different. Uh, let's say it's foreign, and let's say it's something that is displeasing. I think this proves in, like, unarguable terms that the Bahavia humor in the show is mean-spirited. It is mm-hmm. making fun of foreigners the whole time. That is, that is the only thing to the joke. The joke is Bahavians are foreign. Yeah. It really yeah. shows their uh, their train of thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Um, I I think that that's a good take, Ren, where this joke being in there... I mean, we've gotten other jokes like this before, yeah. but like this joke and the other jokes like it really do support the fact that this isn't... Not to it's go like back to last week. Yeah, it, like, it's, it spits in the face of what the episode last week tried to do. Yeah. Because it's like, we can't take this seriously because then next week we get a joke like this. So it's like, are we supposed to be laughing about people who are different or are we supposed to be like caring and getting along with people who are different? Like it can't be both. Um, get along with them so long as they're not too different. Yeah. Um, as long as they assimilate to our culture, it's okay. Mm-hmm, then it's fine. Yeah. Which was one of the earliest messages we learned in Corey in the House, actually. Like yeah. the second episode, Mina, uh, the messages that- it's Dumps her culture. Them embrace american culture instead of her heritage yeah um so we learned that the girls the reason why they're together is they're working on a book report for a book called chasing tumbleweeds which victor says it's his favorite book and he says the favorite part of the book is uh he refers to the first part of the book being his favorite so i thought that was odd usually yeah like the first sentence why is your favorite line the first sentence Mm -hmm. is it all downhill from there it must be he, and he says, like, he'll never forget his favorite line in the book. Mm-hmm. And it's the first one. Yeah. And it's tumble, it's tumble on tumbleweed, tumble on, which he quotes as he's leaving. Mm-hmm. It, it's thoughtless. It shows that the writers did not, once again, they didn't give a second thought to what they were writing and the narrative they were scripting. So I would actually think, uh, I thought I had about the use of tumbleweeds here in that line specifically. Is it referring to Koi in the House itself? Carry on, tumbleweed. Also, carry on. Is the house a tumbleweed? I don't think it's intentional on the writer's part, but I think it's very appropriate and a very mm-hmm. symbolic way way to end things. Because in yeah. the end, boring the house was chasing tumbleweeds. It was boring on it on the best days. It had bo- its best episodes had boring scenes in it. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, no matter we could never escape how dull it could get, even on good days. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so he says his favorite part is the first part of the book. Um, the girls, they haven't read it yet. Uh, so that's how we learned that. They're like, oh, we haven't gotten there yet. And he's like, it's the first part. Uh, they're sleep. They're doing a sleepover. They're going to watch the movie tonight and present it in class tomorrow. Sleepovers on school nights, in my opinion, should never happen. Why did Martinez allow this? Why did their parents allow this? Because Martinez was off writing 320-page script. He wasn't... He wasn't uh, like parenting. He wasn't taking care of the country. He's working on a movie. And Mrs. Martinez is with the meat man. She's off with the meat man. Uh, So uh, we get this. They turn on the TV. Uh, Kung Fu Cats is on. Nice reminder of Kung Fu Cats before the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You and I liked that episode. We did. I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. So um, we have this... um, joke where they turn it on it's 3 30 it's kung fu cats not the movie chasing tumbleweeds and sophie's goes to look at the guide 3 30 and she looks at them she's like pm and then Haley goes oh anti-meridian my bad that was pretty funny i thought it was very funny yeah um so they, they decide let's just stay up till 3 30 a.m to watch the movie and done yeah um Next scene, Martinez is giving a tour to the White House of the White House to a director. That's right, Toshi Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he? Uh, I don't. Is he supposed to be someone? Like, uh, is maybe? he a parody of someone? I think so, but I don't know. Like, who's the guy who directed Aquaman? Aquaman? I don't know. Jason uh, Momoa's in it. No, uh, James Wan directed it. I, but I don't think James Wan was relevant enough back in 2008 to make fun of. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going for here with, with this character. Yeah, his Wikipedia page lists 2007 to 2009 as professional setbacks. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Like, the uh, who who's does? James Wan. Okay. I thought you were talking about, like, this actor. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, classifies his time on Corey the House as a professional setback. I mean, so. I wouldn't blame him. Yeah, I wouldn't play him either. He he's here. He calls Martinez babe. One of my least favorite bits in the show. Well, Martinez likes it. He does like it. And then calls the director babe back. I, I hate. I thought it was immediately. It annoyed me. Also, wasn't this the same bit that we got with the Rock, where they're like pitching things to the Rock? Yes, you're right. This this whole the like we kind of got a C plot with this with Victor and Martinez. Kind um, of. But their little bit uh, in that their interactions with him is like, oh, I got to pitch a movie. So they like try to pitch movies to him. And his thing is he only does horror movies. So Martinez pitches one about like a young um, uh, boy who came from nothing and became president of the United States or something like that. Um, And so, yes, the actor is uninterested. He is is in the kitchen, which of course is a place that you would get taken on the the tour of the white house to meet the esteemed chef victor Mm -hmm. with the desserts that no one ate victor's upset yeah uh and that's when the director hears a dc3's new song that they previously recorded from the other room and it's perfect Mm -hmm. rice did you notice that they when they go into the other room there are four creme brulees on the table where newt and corey are sitting (laughs) no that's a nice funny. little visual detail. Yeah. So they're they're still working on the creme brulees. I bet you that if the show progressed, every single scene in the White House would have had someone eating a creme brulee. Well, 
Well, I actually kept trying to spot more creme brulee throughout the episode, but mm-hmm. I couldn't find any. That was it. Uh, yeah, the director loves the song and wants to put it in his movie. How many zeros should I write? Corey weeps. <laughs> the funniest thing he's done all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this it felt like one of those moments, though, where because it's the finale, I'm like, is this how this is going to end? Are they going to somehow get this song sold and Koi's going to just become rich beyond all, like, his wildest dreams because of the song? He got everything he wanted. Mm-hmm. No. That's not going to happen. Yeah, as he uh, plays the song, and then that's when Newt reveals that the song isn't fully finished. But Hollywood needs instant gratification, so they need the full finished song by tomorrow or it's no deal. Imagine you're a producer who just heard this brand new song that no one else has ever heard before. Mm-hmm. You basically have first dibs to have it in your movie, but you decide that unless it's not done by tomorrow, you will not use the song you loved. Yeah. The, uh, it's, well, when you're a producer, right? Time is, uh, there's always another song, Ren. I get it. There's always another DC, another Washington three. Yeah. There's, Heck, right down the street. Maybe that's why he was in town. Maybe he was going to check out the Washington Three song at the um, Jam Berry. I don't know. I tried to do a thing there. <laughs> I couldn't come up with one fast enough. We'll, um, we'll see Jam Berry. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he was going to go check that out, and he he couldn't he couldn't find it. Uh, so before the scene ends, the director's on his way out and Victor pitches a movie idea, chef by day, werewolf by, and then the director cuts him off and says, no, werewolf by what, Ren? Can we fill in that blank? Werewolf by, so there's that movie North by Northwest, right? So maybe werewolf by Northwest. It's a direction. Yeah. Yeah, Chef by day, werewolf by Northwest. So something like that. Mm -hmm. To show that Victor's a cinema buff. Yeah. If werewolves uh, lived in America, where would they live? And I don't. I've never. I haven't seen Twilight. I'm like unfamiliar, so I don't know where that happens. But a bog, a bog, because they they have so much fur, they'd be good for that kind of bog water. Yeah, like a rare bog or Rattlin bog. Yeah, like one of those bogs. What should we record an episode in a bog? <laughs> if you could find a bog, <laughs> like because bogs are just like what even like wetter swamps. I guess we I don't could, think we could get like galoshes. Galoshes. Well, we need we need a place with a good a bog with good Wi-Fi. With good Wi-Fi, sure, and a uh, a door. We learned if we do it live. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we can make it happen. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And Shrek lives in a swamp, not a bog. No, Shrek lives in a swamp. I think he'd be less comfortable in a bog. In a bog because it's so it's so wet. <laughs> so okay. Um, the next scene, Corey and Newt, they're like, oh my gosh, we're going to make so much money. We got to go tell Mina. We got to get her to finish the song. We get a brand new set piece. And it's the home of the Perooms. That's right. We're in the Perum mansion. Mm-hmm. In like their atrium area. It's a big space, pretty open. Uh, Ambassador P starts off the scene. By he- screaming Frischka. He hears a doorbell. Screams Frischka, comes running. Daddy's hot wings are here, he tells his cat. I think it's so endearing that Perum likes hot wings. This is so funny. <laughs> like the, everyone hot wings. Mm-hmm. Um, he panics real quick because he can't find the coupon for the hot wings. 
And then he keeps it under his fez. Yeah. So he has it. He pulls it out and he's ready to go and get his hot wings at the door. And instead it's Newton Corey. He's upset. And then he yells to Mina something in Bahavian. And do the captions benefit you here at all? They just say Bahavian. Yeah. Uh, so to me, it's uh, the only thing that was like, you were able to make out from what was said was uh, wings. <laughs> he definitely said something about wings to Mina. I think he was going to his wing room to wait for the wings. To wings, yes. Uh, I love that that part of like, I haven't ordered something for delivery in a while, but like when I lived in Boston and we would get like, I got delivery a decent amount. And I feel like it was always so exciting to get something delivered. So I get where he's coming from. It's the thrill of getting food you want. Mm -hmm. Not food you have. Yeah. So he's excited for these wings. Uh, Mina sees Corey and Newt so she comes out and she tells them that they got uh, she got back together with Craig and Corey like does not care <laughs> well yeah Corey does it's Corey <laughs> he's like oh do you know what would be even better if you finish that song well doesn't he tell her that the producer wants to buy it first yes so he yeah. like he like eases her into it mm-hmm. uh and you said that you wanted to say something about her reaction, and at least initially here. Well, when they get when they start singing, okay. I feel I feel this section is a for Mina just an another example of her being a terrible bandmate mm-hmm. and a complete betrayal of the blowupuation that set the stage for this season. Because they're finally going to blow upuate. They're and... literally all the all Mina needs to do is think. And just mm-hmm. come up with lyrics. Finish the song. And I bet you it could not even be good. It is, right? I thought it needs to be good. It just needs to be in the same tone. Mm-hmm. And so Corey and Newton encourage her. She's like, I can't do it. My heart is filled with lollipops and rainbows again. They're like, try. Just try. Please, please just try. She's like, okay. So they spit a beat. And she says, uh, when I get my hands on you, I'm going to squeeze you and tell you you're so stinking cute. It's so, it's so stupid. It's mm-hmm. just, it's so dumb. And the way she defends it is like, I was trying. Like, I'm sure <laughs> that's what the show is trying to convey, that she sincerely was trying. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. It's just, why? Yeah. Why, why you, convey her so blatantly untalented and unskilled like this? It well, just makes her look an idiot. Yeah, because, like, I, I, I think what's a little bit frustrating to me about this as well is that we get... Um, Mina, who, like, so we get, got an episode in, I think, season one, where Corey, his rhythm was all thrown off. They were going to blow up your weight, but Corey's couldn't, he literally could not play the drums because yeah. of Stickler. But, like, he was trying, right? In this case, they're going to blow up your weight, and Mina's like, ah, I, I just can't. I just, just I just can't. She's, like, defeated before even trying. And she's, uh, she's fine with it. She's completely mm-hmm. content with it. Yeah, she's like, the fact that this is their big break means nothing. Mm-hmm. If I were in DC3, I'd want her out of the band after yeah. this. Well, because I, I think that's reasonable. It comes off as, as I think what we as the audience are supposed to be getting out of this is like, oh, Corey just wants money. And it's like, of course Corey wants money. Like, him and, like, he's trying to make this band happen. Um, and so and this is finding their chance to get money, to get paid real money for work that they've been working on. And she's and like, eh. Yeah. It's so frustrating. And like, obviously the status quo can't change. 
No. DC3 cannot succeed in this way. No. But the, just making Mina an even worse character to convey that, she's already the weakest link in the mm-hmm. cast, but this just makes her significantly worse. Yeah. Um, so Corey then tries to make her angry because it's the idea is that she can't do it unless she's angry. Right. Which, no, there's nothing in the episode that counters that idea. Yeah. Um, and so Corey tries to make her angry and she's like, I'm not going to be able to do it just because you're making me angry. Cause I'm angry at you, which is different than being angry at Craig, whatever. Uh, like, I don't even care at that point. I, uh, the wings show up, the delivery guy does a dance and hands, how many chicken wings are in this bucket, Ren? Well, it's like, one giant wing ding, which is 90 individual hot wings. Wow. Wow. And he, he can right. barely hold it. Yeah. So Perum pays for this. Okay. <laughs> so Ambassador Perum has a coupon for at yes. least 90 individual hot wings. Mm-hmm. He tells the delivery guy to keep the change, and the delivery guy says nothing in return, suggesting that Perum is not using the max value of his coupon. Why would this place make a coupon so good? And why would Perum settle for 90? Um, it might be like you're, like, just to get him hooked, right? So it's like you try one thing for free, and now he's going to be ordering wings every night. He loves these wings. That's already out there and core it could have been like if you order six pizzas at domino's you get a pizza for free mm-hmm. it could have been like you order wings six times and then you get an unlimited amount of wings for a single order you order 90 wingdings you get one giant one wing ding. yeah uh i i feel yeah. like it could be that because he's familiar with these wings mm-hmm. right That's a good point. so familiar that he uh throws Corey and newt out of the house says hey wing room yeah we don't need you anymore uh shagadesh he gives him gives him a nice shagadesh <laughs> and room tells mina to get napkins lots of them <laughs> oh Perum. are you gonna miss him i think i will yeah he was he was good in this episode i think he was good in kind of a lot of his episodes he was an interesting figure in the end mm-hmm. He started out as just, like, a stern parent. And the more we saw him, he was, like, still always stern, yeah. but was a little bit more, like... Erratic. Erratic. His sense of humor was not as, uh, like, stern, it seemed, or he was now really... Like, he, he laughed a lot last week when Corey exposed his, his bare bum to uh, a room of politicians. He, he thought that ass. was funny. Yeah. Uh, okay. So in this next scene... Corey and Newt, they're back together. They're at um, Casa de la Newt. And Newt is pissed that he doesn't get any of the hot wings. I would be too. Yeah. All those wings. All 90 of them. Mm-hmm. Perum is going to eat. I almost imagine Perum not letting anyone else in his like family or household eat them either. Like I feel like they just have to watch. Um, he forces Mina to watch him eat the hot wings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a big event for the family. His five thousand calorie bucket of chicken. Yeah, Mina's like Corey and Newt. Like I'd still hang out with you, but like I gotta go. Like my dad just got his wings, so we gotta watch. My dad makes me watch him eat hot wings, hot wings. on Thursdays. Yeah, um, I like, and I don't think it's like just Mina. I want. I feel like it's a whole family event. Um, like uh, Mina's brothers who appear at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Corey. Um, has come up with a plan, very Corey-esque plan. 
where he's going to his rational thinking here is, oh, I just got to break up Craig and Mina. And I'm only going to do it for a day, right? So it's like they wanted us to not hate him that much. So they make him say, like, I'll just do it for a day and then I'll get him back together and then we'll get rich and laugh about the whole thing. You know how people break up for a day when they're teenagers? I mean, like, I do. So, like, that's not a super far-fetched concept. No, but I mean, but like, the they've already broken that. up once. They've already broken up twice before, actually. Yeah. yeah. And Corey's, Corey's plan here is to create a very intense breakup specifically. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's flawed by design. And uh, the scheme gets into motion. It does. Um, where now we get Corey. I like. I don't even know how to set this up, right? Uh, it's Cor- like Corey the house takes a page from that. So Raven, but uh, in a way that only Corey in the house could. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they told. Kyle Massey to be as racist as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I felt bad for Bahavians watching this, and they're not even a real race. No. Nope. But he it's... it's mm-hmm. Corey's gonna pretend to be Ambassador Peru is the premise here. That's what we get. And so this is... It's like, it isn't Corey pretending to be Peru. It's just Corey pretending to be what he is led to believe an elder Bahavian is yeah like accent and all and it's rough it is it's uh in line with a lot of the content from last week it's pretty offensive um they're still riding that dubinia high mm -hmm. (laughs) i never wanted to hear dubinia again (laughs) i want to hear the dubinian accent again (laughs) no (laughs) so Corey is doing this and so their their scheme is to have uh, newt invite craig berkowitz over to newt's house to meet with ambassador perum <laughs> i didn't even i i realized they were at newt's house when that happened but it didn't even dawn on me that newt brings craig berkowitz to his home to speak to craig's girlfriend's <laughs> father and they're shocked in the end that like Craig Berkowitz caught on to this being a scheme. Like, I'm sorry, if I get invited to my, to like Jenna's friend's house to meet with Jenna's dad, like, and then I show up and I've just like in this case, of course, met Jenna's dad in real life. You've already Um, met Jenna's dad at this point. Yes. So of, of course. And so, if I show up and it's not him and it's some, it's like another one of Jenna's friends disguising as like, I, there's so many layers here. And it's like, of course I'm going to say yes to go just to try and make sense of whatever the heck this invite is. Ori doesn't look like Perum. He doesn't no. sound like Perum. Nope. He doesn't even wear the kind of clothing that Perum wears. Nope. Does Perum have a, Perum does not have a black beard. Does no, Perum he doesn't. Have facial hair. Nope. Uh, no, I think he does. I think he has a mustache, maybe. Um, he, yeah, he has a mustache. He has a, yeah. little, he has a little mustache on a big black beard. Yep. Um, so uh, he pulls him here. Corey tells Craig Berkowitz. Corey, as posing as Mina's father, tells Craig Berkowitz to uh, 
to prove that you're worthy of dating my daughter, you have to do uh, pass this two-part test. <laughs> I wrote, make some bark like a yak. And then I just wrote, F off, Corey. Like a yak? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I hated Corey's accent during this. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, he was clearly trying to make fun of real races, but... Mm-hmm. The, the way that he was delivering it, it was just enough where it couldn't sound real, but it bordered on that kind of like gibberish, which is just unpleasant to listen to, where you know that the person speaking doesn't really know what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it plays into, again, like, I think the writers feel like they can do this because it's Bahavi and it's a made-up country. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like Bahavi is clearly based off of... Uh, like American a- countries, India... Yeah like a bunch of Eastern European mm. countries. Yep. So as much as they tried, it still just comes off um, very, very inappropriately. Yeah. And so the, that's the first part of the test. And uh, so then Craig is like, yaks bark. And then Corey and Newt talk. And then Corey's like, bark like a dog. And then Newt barks. And Newt's like, sorry, I just knew that one. Okay. He was excited. You know, it's not often that Newt knows things. Yes, like the sounds that dogs make. Um, I, I, when you've been struck by lightning twice. That's a good like, point. You, and, you and I have given so much credence to the flu shot theory that now that we have this information in the finale that Newt has been struck by lightning twice, I think <laughs> all combined, maybe, you know. It changed something in him chemically. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. So then he commends... Craig Berkowitz to break up with his daughter and the breakup must be angry and bitter. Uh, you must go to town on her, he says, which I don't want to address, but I do want to state um, that that is what he says. And yep, then, stating. and so then he says, you're a good egg, Berkowitz, slightly cracked. Uh, and then he gives some gibberish to him on his way out. One of my least favorite scenes in Corey in the house. Yeah. I really wanted it to be over. I don't think I, I smiled once. I just I just wanted it to be done. I was counting the seconds. But like of all the schemes, why is it, the concept is let's break up Mina and Craig. Why is this what he goes for? It's, I, I think the writers wanted to like call back on That's So Raven on the, the style of mm-hmm. shenanigans she would get herself into. But yeah, they're terrible writers. So, so well, because the other... Part. The other thought I had in this, so before we saw this scene, and it was seeming, I think the previous scene ends with Corey saying something like, we know someone who might scare him away, something like that, someone who's really close to Mina. I was like, oh, Perum, I would, I, I would have been interested in a plot line where, oh, I failed the mission. Did you do the mission? I was supposed to make like a, a whole season finale. Did you do that? Do you know what I'm talking about? What? Yes. Last week, you said it would be fun if you and I came up with a fan fiction season oh, finale. Oh, <laughs> Okay, good. You didn't do it either. Okay. I, I, can't, I, had, a, I, have a, I had a basic premise, but I forgot yeah. to focus that. Sorry if anyone was, was looking forward to it. Here, well, here's I, my... I can give you my premise right now. Yeah. I'll, well, hold, hold on. We'll, we'll talk okay. about that in, okay. in a little bit. But um, I'll give you this, I guess, supplement mine uh, for what I, I'll say is... I would have been okay if this episode was then Craig Berkowitz had maybe never met Ambassador Perum. Mm-hmm. And so Corey and Newt tell Ambassador Perum, like, hey, did you know Mina's 
dating Craig Berkowitz or something like that. And so they set it up. So they think he's going to hate Craig. And instead they end up really liking each other yeah, or something like that. That would have been fine. Would have been fun. Still schemey. Yeah. Probably funnier. Um, and would have prevented Corey from doing an impression of uh, a made up uh, race. <clears throat> so, all right. Uh, back to our B plot. How we, how are things going back with the tumbleweeds? They stayed up. They did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was, I, I, so following what I would agree with me being a bottom five scene of Corey in the house, this scene, I think is a top five scene of Corey in the house, Red. It's, uh, I don't know if I go top five, but it's, it's a good scene in a bad episode. I, I would definitely give it a top five. I laughed. I watched it like three times. I thought it was so funny. I wrote down the entire thing. Wow. Um, it's, I mean, it's brief. I mean, so they they stayed up all night. They have like the early morning jitters and it's like, they all just drank a ton of coffee. So Sophie's like, staying up all night, got me jazzed. Oh no, who says that? Haley says it. And then Sophie's like, okay, okay, okay. Uh, just like the energy is off the charts in this scene. Like really, really off the charts. Um, and they're also high energy they like laugh and then it does a jump cut to them at school where they are all asleep at their desks. So that I'm, what I'm talking, I'm just talking about that, like the 10 second dialogue. Like the, the smash three cut them asleep. Um, no, not even the smash cut. Like just them high energy talking. Just that top okay. five scene. Okay. After that, I, I don't care. The whole sequence. No. Okay. Nope. Um, yeah, so jump cuts, they're asleep at school. Uh, what did we get a lesson? <laughs> out of this uh rent wow, rent the movie what is that's what the teacher says just yeah. rent the damn movie yeah just rent the damn movie she says to them and uh, the girls they then also get a punishment they have to read the book during recess every recess every recess and that's it uh this b plot didn't need to exist no it didn't most b plots in Corey in the house don't need to exist Mm-mm. let's be real but it was so like over before it even started. All right. Uh, boomer moment. You ready? Boomer in quotations. Yeah. I mean, like the climax of the episode, the A plot, everything is coming together. So uh, for our last boomer moment, what did you feel? It was better than some of the stuff we've seen in season two. I think this is one of my least favorites so far. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it. I don't think it was good, but it was fine. Um, I, think I would put it near the bottom for me. Did you fall for it at all? No, I didn't fall for it, even for a second. Well, Mina says the lines so early; she quotes them that it's impossible to fall for it if you're paying attention. I fell for it. You fell for it. I felt not super far into it, but I fell for it like in the first line. So Corey okay. and Newt, they go to Ambassador Perum's house, so the Perum household. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can assume uh, the Perum is in between his wing dining, and per, uh, they meet up with Mina, and Mina's like, "That yak butt broke up with me again." So you that, believe it, huh? So that first line, yeah. So like that got me, and I was like, okay. And then oh, she's upset. Not really, like enough time to really process it, though. And then, well, so now they're like, "Oh, are we gonna record the song?" And she's like, 
oh, forget about the song, I'm moving. And so it was when Perum runs in with boxes um, and he's like, quick, like we got a pack. At that moment, I was like, what is happening? And then- It was when Mina said he really went to town on me. Oh when yeah. Ori and Newt asked her to explain. Yeah. Also, Newt screams yes when Mina says that Craig broke up with her. Yeah, that does happen. Which is that I feel like that was uncharacteristically Newt. Like Newt yeah. really went along with the scheme this week. They couldn't give that line to Corey. Nope. They wanted Newt to be uh, a little bit bad this week. Yeah. Because the lesson applies to him too. Like both of them say sorry. Both of them get the lesson. It's not just Corey. Um they're two boxes of packed belongings, mm-hmm. not even closed or taped. Yeah. And they're like, we're moving, we gotta go. Uh, they're like, what do you mean moving? It's like, well, we're not moving. We're escaping. I mean, it's like, they're going to find out anyway. Prum's like, fine, let's show them. They roll out Craig Berkowitz on a dolly. Uh, he's taped to the dolly. Yep. And, uh, grunts? How do you describe these sounds that he makes? Like a guttural moaning. It's like, uh. Yeah. Like, 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 uh, put your gums over your, put your lips over your teeth. Uh, okay sure so he like makes these sounds and then (laughs) bahavian justice it's bahavian justice yeah uh by that i mean maybe cat got his tongue they Mm. fed craig's tongue to frishka the cat yes and then the credits rolled that was the episode. What'd you think, Ren? Shocking thought, ending, right? I thought it was strange not to end without a message, but uh, yeah. Sometimes you really just gotta give audiences that impact. Yeah, because I, I think people it are gonna talk about Tongue Camp. Yeah, it does. Everything. See, it all goes back to Tongue Camp. Craig Berkowitz did not go to Tongue Camp, so his tongue was too weak and easily able to be cut out and fed to the cat. Ugh. Uh, unfortunately, the episode continues. Vince, we're almost to the end. Uh, but it was a prank. They got punked. Right? They got prank yanked. They got prank yanked. And no one, no one saw it coming at all. Where Corey and Newt, they were actually very worried. Uh, Newt was like, now Berkowitz will never be able to eat ice cream. I'll never be able to lick ice cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Specifically says lick. How many lives did you destroy with this little prank? Is what Mina pitches to them or Perum pitches to them right there's no telling how this will affect Bryce and Ren absolutely not right that that one simple little prank really got us good uh yeah so they got pranked back uh, the whole thing was fake they didn't actually cut off Craig Berkowitz's tongue and feed it to a cat they're not really moving uh, and Craig Berkowitz has met Ambassador Perum before he says I know Perum he yells at me all the time yeah, that's it. Right. <laughs> like, what is there to say here? I this is an awful boomer moment. Yeah. It's it's I I don't think it's fine. I think it's bad. Because Craig's moaning is not funny. Mm-hmm. Uh the reveal of the prank, it's not funny or like even that exciting. We know that something's up right mm-hmm. away. As soon as Craig is wheeled out and physically restrained, we know something is not as it seems. The whole everyone laughing, like, ha, 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 we got you. That was funny. Like, joking along was, with the- That audience. wasn't fun, yeah. The fact that the laugh track is a little bit louder than it usually <laughs> is annoyed me. 
because it made it seem like the audience was like uproariously thrilled at the twist. It couldn't stop laughing. No, no, it's just a stupid message. Like with the, with what the episode is about, Mina failed Corey and Newt. Mm-hmm. Mina let DC three down. Yeah, that is what happened. And Corey and Newt have to be okay with that. Shitty bandmate mm-hmm. put in their work. Yep. Well, that's one last Shagadesh for us both, huh? <laughs> I, I was so happy that we got that we did get one final Shagadesh. Me too. <laughs> From Ambassador Perum here, uh, as he goes off to finish his wings. Uh, and that's also a series wrap on Mina and Newt. Yeah. Gone. I'm glad I won't have to see Myra Walsh in anything again. Yeah. She's very I can't imagine she's still doing work. I don't think she is. She I think very kind person, very sweet. I just don't think well, she was also given like a pretty rough role here as yeah, well. Mina is a horrible character mm-hmm. on basically every level. Yeah, so that part not on her, but yeah. Definitely yeah. not gonna overlook her bad acting because no. it was it was one of the weakest actresses in the cast. Yeah. Um and I mean Jason Dolly pretty much did a great job carrying the show on his back. He had to. He did. And no, no one else, one else did. Was <laughs> him and then the scenes that had him and rondell sheridan do you think that they both just like could sigh for once like they could just take it easy i think they were friends on set but no one else no one. was. <laughs> they probably still keep in touch definitely yeah uh and so our final scene of Corey in the house the director is gone um they did finish the song we learn yeah they did right um but it's too late martina is Speaking of too late, Martinez wrote a whole screenplay. A 312-page screenplay, which, going off the minute-per-page rule, which would be roughly five hours long. Five hours. Zombie president. Mm -hmm. Five hours. Would Would a movie written by the president of the United States be a box office smash? I think yes. I think it would be a critical failure, though. Yes, I think it would be a critical failure. I think so many people wouldn't be able to look away. <laughs> like, we have to see this. We have to go and see what this entails of. Let's see what Joe Biden comes up with. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see his movie about um, a zombie uh, president. Yeah. Uh, and also, it's just like, the American people would be livid to find out that Martinez wrote, spent time writing a 312-page script instead of saving the America that is on fire in the Cory in the House universe. Should we, can we make an executive choice to believe that somebody leaked the screenplay in the Martinez administration? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is like, it's Agent Michael Scarn, right? So it's, it's got to get out there. People got to be mocking him and making fun of him for this. Uh, Sophie's B-plot is going to be a horror movie. Like, the storyline that was two scenes is going to be a movie. But she changes the kids to witches, so the witches stay up all night to watch Chasing Tumbleweeds. Changes and everything. Presentation. Uh, and Sophie says he optioned it immediately. Martinez is like, do you even know what option mean? She says, no, but it must have something to do with this check and all these zeros. Okay. Which allures Corey. Mm-hmm. Uh, she runs out, he yells, Sophie, and scene. That was the worst outro, I think, of season two. Which yeah. really sucks, because they've consistently been the best part of these last mm-hmm. few episodes. Like, this home stretch, if nothing else, 
the final scene between Corey and Sophie was always baseline good. This yeah. was awful. Awful message. Awful ending. Awful use of the core cast. <laughs> awful final scene. This is the last scene of Corey in the house, and it's mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah, it does. At least it ends on, like, the sibling-esque shenanigans of these two. The characters that we know and love, right? But, like, the worst version of what we've seen that has been pretty good for weeks now. Yeah. Uh, I know, I was hoping that we would get one final scene of just Corey and Sophie. But, nope, we needed some jokes in there about uh, Martinez. So, uh, okay. With all of this, Ren, uh, let's do our final rose and our final thorn for Corey in the house. My final rose goes to Newt. Mm-hmm. He's accumulated many roses. He has an entire bouquet at this point. Yes. Like, we'll get, we'll talk about the characters individually after the episode itself. Of course. But Newt has been not consistently a shining star because he's had some lousy episodes, especially during the stretches where you could tell Jason Dolly was working on DCOMs. Mm-hmm. But he constantly gets the best lines in the show. Jason Dolly, I think, is the best performer of like the kids. Like in the cast with Rondell Sheridan being the actual best actor. And you know, in general, Newt just isn't that annoying of a character. Like the cool best friend, like slacker, kind of like rocker stereotype is boring. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, Newt, I feel like Newt captures the archetype in such like a pristine way that even though he never goes beyond the surface level, it manages to stay pretty funny. Oh, and one line that we ignored uh, Newt says this during the wrap-up. I'm just afraid that the one time I don't go along with this plan, it's gonna work. Yeah, yeah, he does so say that. A much better character. Mm-hmm. It's just good to know that he wasn't always in Corey's corner, even if it looked like nope. it. Yeah. I like to think that... I had to do it, yeah. You had real animosity towards Corey during these <laughs> season two episodes. Kept getting set up and then dropped. Yeah, am I... Final rose for this, ep- like, for the episode. I feel like, uh, best part about it. I think I want to give it to, <laughs> we'll go out of left field here. I'm going to give it to Craig Berkowitz himself, the man, the myth, wow. the legend. <laughs> I was not impressed with him. <laughs> it was just, it was nice to have him back. It reminded me of better times. It did. It, w- it was, that connective tissue was unexpected, but yeah. You know, more welcome than something like yeah, Andy. When we were young and full of glory. Uh, back when Craig Berkowitz was new to our lives, when we had just uh, encountered Corey on the ceiling in a restaurant. He's yeah. like, just seeing him brings me back to better times. Um, Thorn, worst thing about it? I, I, we're probably in agreement. Bahavia. Yeah, like Bahavia. I was going to say Corey's scene um, where he's impersonating Ambassador Perum. I'm saying Bahavia in general. Everything about Bahavia this episode was like, not as bad as last week, Mm -hmm. but it's riding that same feeling. Yeah. It's just not elegantly handled. It's not funny. It's at times boring, at times frustrating. Mm -hmm. Now, do we anticipate, uh, because you and I didn't anticipate there being so much conversation around the topic of race going into Corey in the house. Do you and I anticipate that going into Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide? I feel like race will come up by virtue of cookie being like a steve urkel black nerd mm-hmm. archetype yeah in that sense, i can see race coming up i don't remember ned's like actively dealing with like racist topics or having characters like mina or dubinians 
It's like this. Mm-hmm. Oh no, Ren, you cut out for me. Not sure if we'll discuss race on the same level. Yeah, you cut out for me a little bit there, but you're back completely. Oh, um, it's that the internet connection was unstable for a brief second. Yeah, that's okay. I, I still have you here. I, what did What did you hear? Pretty much everything you said, like you cut out and then the last line that you said, like finished your thought previously. So oh. there's definitely thought in between there, but it went together nicely. All right. Um, yeah. So with that, let's, where is Martinez, the president of the United States going to fall at the end of Cory in the house? Let me, I can go ahead and share okay. um, our document for that. So, so folks, the, screen, the screenplay gets leaked. Yes, the screenplay does get leaked. Did we not rate them last week? Or did I it just not know. save? We definitely did. Let me uh, let me check my Google Doc. I think we went. Uh, we gave them like 25 or 30. I don't know why it's not edited on here. It says last edit was 14 days ago. Hmm. Let me see if I wrote it down in my notes. I didn't write it down in my notes. No, I feel like um, you and I negotiated. I think we went with a 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. If we didn't, then we did now. Right, so this is what's what's canon. Yeah. Um, so he ended... It was oh, like Jacob said it was now. plus 60 last week. Plus 60? Okay, I was feeling it was high. He like united two countries together, right? So thank you, Jacob. All right, so we'll, we'll put him at negative 210. So yeah, we would have really just undersold them. Um, okay, and that was uh, like a tale of two countries or something. Peace, love, and misunderstanding. All right, that right, so songs pay so much. His daughter is producing a film, mm-hmm. which shows that he's using the White House inappropriately. Yeah. You want to say minus 90? Minus 90? Yeah. To put him at a nice even negative 300 to end the show? Yes. Yeah, let me... Um, I'm going to see if I can edit the show real quick. Uh, I should be able to. Like, imagine if Trump wrote a screenplay mm-hmm. and one of his kids was producing a movie while he was in the White House. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't look good, that's for sure. <clears throat> um, data range is what I want. X-axis. Approval um, rating. C C one fifty. Line chart. And look at um, customize. Yeah, here we go. Vertical axis. Negative. Got to. I'll put it at the negative three hundred, so we can end up right there. Nice. All right. There it is. Negative three hundred. What a president. Yes. What a president. Wow. Uh, those ups. In U.S. history. And he did so well for like most of the first season. And by yeah. that, I mean he was above zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just really, really fell. Uh, what was that big drop where he went from uh, something up? What was the episode of Pests? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, the young businessman of the year. Corey got a bonehead. Yeah. yeah. 
Where he rigged the vote so Corey won. Yeah, that was his, his worst week yet. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm fine with that. That is a, the end to President Martinez. That's him. His reign of terror is over for the American people. Good riddance, I say. Goodbye. And uh, then we just have to... So let's rate the episode. And then we definitely need to give the whole show a rating. Do we want to finish, do this, get, finish our like wrap-up conversation on the show and then give the show's final rating? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay, let me, uh, I'll share this one. I don't know what to rate this episode. Well, I feel like this episode is on par with early season two. I can't believe we gave Monsters Ball a four. Uh, I gave it a five. Yeah, I feel like it's around that mark, like between Through the Roof and Monsters Ball. I think it's in the three to three and a half territory for me. I'm going to go with three and a half, I think. I'm going to go with, and I'm trying to, did I like it more than Uninvited Pest in Making the Braid? No, I think I'm going to give it a 2.5. Your dream of the 43210 is gone. Ah, damn it. I, I wanted this to be the mm-hmm. single worst episode of Cory in the House so bad. I think we got that last week. We, they handed that to us on a silver platter. They did. We got it. A, we got it a week early. Mm-hmm. They said, "Here's twenty-two minutes of why and how was this made." So, uh, any thoughts on our overall ratings here? Like, I honestly thought season two would have been better. Like, and, and you can tell the solid dip in season two quality. And it, it never recovered. No. And usually, Corey in the house would get better. It would. It would have a few bad episodes in season one have a good one and then you know dip a little bit have a few bad episodes have a good one dip a little bit and the cycle would repeat and you can see that mm-hmm. in the in the chart you know it dips and valleys it dips and valleys until we get to season two where there's that big dip at the end and it just stays there yeah and it, it just it became such a worse show mm-hmm. it, they stopped using guests as much which i didn't realize how much they actually added in terms of like dynamic the more yeah. they used Candy, the more I realized how one note these characters really were. They do not lend themselves well to scenarios where, like, to consistent scenarios where the status quo doesn't change. They need that, like, fifth element coming in. It needs to change, yeah. Are you, um, so based on this, our number one episode of Cory in the House looks to be, uh, is it the Kung Fu Cat's Kid? Yeah. I think that's, yeah, it looks like it. Which yeah, I, it is. I think that's a good best episode. One of the only ones that I could call legit, probably a legitimately good episode mm-hmm. of television. It was a solid setup, fun payoff. Uh, just the direction we thought it was going to. No. Good character interactions. Never without getting, like, incohesive or convoluted like Corey in the House usually does. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm going to look back um, fondly on air force one too many me too like when people ask me so to your question earlier when my future children ask me about the cory in the house podcast i'm gonna tell them about a show that was so ridiculous that we got an episode in which a boy had to do a dance dance revolution contest they won't know what that is but a dance dance revolution off with a russian prime minister to win back the state of alaska after accidentally handing it away and we never got anything like that again 
Yeah, no, we didn't. Uh, really, the only thing that does anything compare with it? Not really. No. Like the Dubinia thing, but only because it deals with another country. It's like high stakes, right? But yeah. So that's, that is that. Any other episodes that stand out to you on here? Anything else that you want to, any notes? Like Nanoosh was a thing that we had to sit through. That's right. No, 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 Nanoosh. Yeah. I think like to me, like the five episodes that stand out to me, like for good or bad or one way or another, I think it's going to be like, uh, rock the vote because of Boomer. I think no, no, Nanoosh because of Nanoosh, just like that character. Air Force one too many. Um, like a rap by any other name. I, I still think that that episode is underrated by us. Um, yeah, I think it is too. And then probably if I'm just going for noteworthy episodes, Peace, Love, and Misunderstanding, like for the pure chaos that was that episode. So It's funny. I think if we were to rewatch season one after season two, we would rate a lot of these episodes higher. Oh yeah. yeah it, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. I don't think it actually speaks to the show's real quality. Nope. I think it speaks to how bad season two got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts? Any episodes that stand out? Anything you're gonna... Napper's miss? Delight sticks out for me for being the first episode I really liked. Like, mm-hmm. I remember sitting through it and genuinely enjoying it beyond, like, just the boomer moment of uh, Rock the Vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and Idol was one of the earliest low points beyond we built this kitty. Newt the bottle. Newt the bottle. That's uh, in the house because I genuinely thought it would be better. Mm-hmm. Gone Wishing for being a, one of, I, I think we rated Gone Wishing a bit too high in retrospect. I feel like it could have easily been like a 1.5 or a 1. Yeah, the whole episode technically didn't happen. And it was awful. Mm-hmm. But uh, the things I, I feel like I'm, I fondly remember the most are actually stuff like the game plan and Dolly Day and the Survivor and the bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Survivor was so good. If, you, if anyone listening to this, I mean, if they've listened to this, I'm sure that they've spent the time to listen to the Survivor. But if you haven't, you have to listen to it. Uh, it was a nail biter down to the last minute. Such a fun episode. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, what other end thoughts do we have on Corey in the house here, Ren? I guess what else do we need to wrap character. up? Yeah, like, do we want to just talk about, like, their growth, our overall thoughts on them? Like, just really, like, the, the main five, right? Like, Victor, Martinez, Let me Nina, pull up the Corey, cast. and Newt. And we'll go from, uh, from how they're built bottom to top. So let's start with Victor. Okay. Well, so, even though, sorry, I know I just said, let's just do the main five, but Samantha Samuels... All right, Samantha Samuels was uh, played by Lisa Arch. Do you think she would have come back in season three? Yes. Yeah, I think it's it's very clear that she was absent from season two because of, like, she was on maternity leave. Yeah. So I would think that she would have come back for a season, whatever, whatever more they needed. Did you miss her while she was gone? I don't know. I like, didn't miss her, but I feel like losing her presence negatively impacted the show. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Characters like Candy to get a bigger role. Mm-hmm. And it, her character reminds us of the setting. Yeah. 
her character is one that is strictly tied to I work in the White House. I work for the president. So anything she says or does is typically tied and not anything, but like a lot of the, her presence is tied to that. Is like to like the White House. The mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I, I didn't actually realize something. Mm-hmm. The lack of Samantha Samuels kind of coincided with the lack of Victor. Yeah. Because they play off each other a lot when she's around. Mm-hmm. But when she's not around, Victor doesn't have another adult to interact with who's not Martinez, who doesn't naturally interact with Victor other than, other than to demean him. Yeah, he was like, uh, he didn't have uh, much going on in this season. Yeah. At all. So, uh, all right. So who's, who's our next build character? After Lisa Archer, after yeah. Rondell. Oh, so it's Rondell. Rondell is our, Rondell's at the very bottom. He didn't really ever have an A plot. No, he didn't, which is a shame because he's the main character's father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wonder how Victor would have played out in a scenario where Martinez wasn't as pre- prevalent. Like, so if it was, um, they were still in the White House. Mm-hmm. But like Martinez didn't just like casually walk down walk there all the time. Because as it is, Martinez and Victor, like, functionally, they fill the same role, even mm-hmm. if they're completely different in terms of personality. Yeah. I mean, I think I would have been fine with that. I would have enjoyed Victor being more of a father figure to Sophie. Me too. Um, I like those aspects a lot. And it would have been a, a potentially interesting storyline of Sophie having to cope with, you know, my dad isn't always here. We did get that a little bit, but I think that that could have been a little bit more consistent. Is like, my dad is very busy. He's the president. So, like, Victor, you're kind of a father to me. Yeah. Right. And we see that with Victor teaching her how to ride a bike, mm-hmm. and Martina swoops in at the very end to kind of take the credit for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, his energy was always so good. It always was. so high. He had some really nice lines, um, some, like, really throwback lines about, like, you know, back in the day we would do this. Yeah. It was, like, embarrassing dad-esque moments, so... You could tell that he was a character with history. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is due to That's So Raven, but it still works. Vic- Rondell Sheridan carried Victor's history with him. Yeah, definitely. Um, anything else with Rondell? Underused. Yeah. Underused, and he wasn't as good of a director as I was hoping he'd be. Yeah. Not his strength. His strength was definitely on camera, not behind. Uh, who's next? Is it John? It is John. It's John DeQuino, President Richard Martinez, one of the worst characters in sitcom history, I think. <laughs> so consistently unfunny, irritating, the worst catchphrase in the world. It didn't take long at all for the President of the United States to just lose all its weight as a catchphrase. Well, it wasn't funny once. It wasn't funny the 15th time. It wasn't funny when we had other characters doing it. It wasn't funny when we had guest stars parodying it. He got dumber as the show went on. Mm-hmm. He became more incompetent. And he was always kind of incompetent. He's rude. He's disrespectful. I find that the way he treats Victor to be incredibly demeaning and belittling. Yeah. He is one of the most entitled politicians I've seen in a show, mm-hmm. which is funny because we don't see a lot of his politics, but we see how he acts in his home. And mm-hmm. it's, this is mine. The White House is his. The White House kitchen is his. He can go wherever he wants. Mm-hmm. He can talk to Victor however he wants. He can talk to Corey however he wants. He can demand whatever he wants. Or just to laugh with him, not at him. Yeah. <laughs> he just he, sucks. The, the introduction to his character, Ren, was him demanding he get spun on a chair. Yeah. 
Right. And that tells us everything we need to know about him is that he really doesn't, he has no respect for those around him. He doesn't have respect for the presidency, for the seat that he's in um, or the people that he is, the millions and millions of people. How many, the billions? Not billions, no, millions, he, he millions of people. He in the fact that he's the yeah. leader of the free world as mm-hmm. he regularly says throughout the second season. Yeah. But I mean, he's, he's nothing. He's a nothing man. He has no character. Mm-hmm. It, it was the designated survivor scenario. There was a reason we had to come up with it because we couldn't justify, oh, in America where he was actually elected. Mm-hmm. Like he was voted in. And we've seen a lot of shitty elections recently. And yeah. somehow Martinez is unrealistic still. That's how <laughs> poorly written he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I am okay with him being out of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it Mina or Sophie? Sophie. Madison Pettis is next. We saw her grow so much. We did. In Corey I didn't, in the house. I didn't expect to like her at first. Mm-hmm. But she was one of the best characters and actresses by the end. And I think the game plan was the shift. It was the turning point. Mm-hmm. But it was just a shame it happened in between seasons. Yeah, she got it. And those around her clearly did not. Like she... I imagine that she came to set with her lines memorized while everyone else... Other than maybe Ronald, or Rondell, and um, Jason, maybe. But I assume that she always came with her lines memorized and the others did not. Like, she did the work. She put in the hours and others did not. And because this was child star, her first big break, she, this was everything to her. And then I bet you she did the game plan and saw that this came back to this and saw how much of, uh, like, a disaster it was. And was like, eh. So... I really wish they leaned more into the sibling element between mm-hmm. Sophie and Corey. And season two kind of did, but not enough. With those end scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I really wonder why they started doing those scenes. Because they're weirdly good compared to everything else. Because their plots were so rarely tied together in this season. Yeah, that's true. It was so often they gave Sophie the B plot and then Corey got the A plot and then they needed the two characters because they also probably realized that sophie for the audience sophie was a big pull that's true I, that's why she gets her own little like mm-hmm. support that's why they wanted to give her her own thing rather than have her just be like a background character so often but the consequence is that the a plots end up suffering as a mm-hmm. result and she's so irregularly there yeah uh we've already talked about myra walsh what else is there to say about her that we haven't uh, already said weak actress weak character Mina was a walking stereotype. Mm-hmm. Wikipedia says that Bahavia is a conglomeration of Indian uh, Tur- Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, mm-hmm. Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, and Pakistan mm-hmm. uh, cultures. And Mina's accent herself, according to Mayara Walsh, is a mix of Brazilian, Portuguese, and Arabic, which as a Brazilian person, I do not hear any Brazilian Portuguese in there. It sounds like what a racist might think a Brazilian accent sounds like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure she's half Brazilian too. So mm-hmm. I guess another another point was her being a bad actress. Yeah. Uh, it like she was given an impossible task. She really was. I Disney Channel cast an actress who they felt could look like someone who was gonna be from this fictional country. So she like that was some, something I always had to keep in mind, and I'm sure that she looks back on her role 
and has a lot of questions about like not questions but just like has a lot of thoughts about what she said like the lines that she was given the way that they made her portray herself and portray Bahavia yeah uh she was I would say the character brought the most element of conversation to the show like for you and I right she made things interesting because of that there was that element of social commentary that just came with her simply existing in any scene she was in that's true Um, is it's like we're getting to see the writer's lens of this of what they believe and then portrayed and painted onto um myra walsh and in such an aggressively blatant way too Mm -hmm. it's very unsubtle how they depict her and what that how that reflects their interpretations definitely cultures and you know, there Wikipedia lists real cultures that were influences. So you know, yeah, Bahavia may not be real, but the microaggressions depicted against them do speak to real countries and real people. For sure, one to keep in mind. Uh, Jason Dolly, good old Newt, best actor in the cast overall, funniest character. Uh, we we talked about it earlier, but Newt really just like that archetype is perfect for him. Jason Dolly brings so much life to the role. Mm-hmm. He gives dialogue that would be horrible coming out of anyone else's mouth and just turns it into gold. Sometimes it, the only pieces of gold per episode. Yeah, it's like the way he set, delivers a lot of his lines with like a slight smirk to it. Like he's like, he just knows that it's like a goofy thing to say. Uh, yeah, he, he was definitely a bright spot. His sense of humor was there. Very funny. I enjoyed getting to watch Jason Dolly. Uh, I don't know if he grew as much as Madison Pettis did. No, I don't think he grew necessarily. Like mm-hmm. we, even in his decoms, you could kind of tell that he didn't really have that leading man quality. Yeah. He was but kind of miscast. Mm-hmm. It was a gravitas, not necessarily character. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, sorry, he, I was just thinking about Miniman. <laughs> he, he brought a good performance for Newt, which mm-hmm. ultimately is what matters most. Definitely. Uh, and then lastly, we get uh, Kyle Massey in, in Corey. So the character of Corey. Uh, did we see Corey grow much? I, I Do you count his relationship with Candy as growth? No, because it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> didn't go anywhere. He didn't really change. Mm-hmm. Didn't become a better person. He was always about money from start to finish. Yeah. He was rude to his friends. He's inconsiderate. He's malicious. Mm-hmm. Kyle Massey I think there were there were episodes where he was doing a good job and you could kind of see that, that that's still Raven background coming in yeah he was with Rondell but I feel like he's one of those actors who must have just like he he was probably compelling in that story even because he was young and he yeah. was able to like capture the youthfulness of Corey written like a child when mm-hmm. you put Corey in the lead you really see that Kyle Massey is a deeply untalented actor yes just and you know, it's the him impersonating Perum is fresh in my mind. So that's mm-hmm. a big blow against him right now. But compare like even Raven's worst moments from That's a Raven, where she was doing like shitty accents in a dumb costume. She could at least keep her energy up and like yes. get behind that without it sounding like she was stumbling over herself. There are so many times in in Corey in the house where it just looks like Kyle Massey is not comfortable with what he's doing or just doesn't mm-hmm. know what he's doing. Yeah, just like phoning it in. And I'm not going to miss seeing him week to week. The more I, the more we got to see Corey, the less I liked Kyle Massey's acting. 
and the more exhausting he became. And I don't think it's a coincidence he wasn't cast in anything like major after Corey in the house. It's pretty abundantly obvious why he does not have a career. And well, because you also look at uh, the whole cast around him. And so Andrew Jett sent me two articles. We're going to look at one of them in a second. Um, the other one that he sent me, he sent me a few weeks ago and it was like, where's the cast now? Yeah. And all of them are places. Um, like they all have something we've talked about, like John Duquino's acting school, um, like Rundell Sheridan's doing stand up, um, And then uh, Jason Dolly is like doing his streaming thing. Uh, Myra yeah. Walsh is uh, doing her thing. Madison Pettis is, is a model. And then, I don't know. It's just like of everyone around, like in this cast, like those who were talented went on and like those who weren't kind of just like stuck, or, like kind of figured it out, I guess. Um, I guess it also goes to show that being a Disney Channel star doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a career. Correct. Especially if you manage it as poorly as Kyle Massey. Yeah. Um, all right. So final show rating, Ren. What do we want to rate Corey in the house? Final show rating? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I don't know. If, if I'm doing it based on feeling, it's not going to match up with like the mathematical equation of what my episode ratings are. But okay. going off feeling, it's tough. This was a very bad show. Uh-huh. It was bad. Is it the worst show I've ever seen? No. I'm sure there are worse shows out there. Mm-hmm. It's definitely the worst Disney Channel show I've seen. It's definitely the worst show I've ever completed. Worst show I've ever seen every episode of. Yeah. It's not intelligently written. It's not really well acted. It's not well edited. This is hard. I, I don't know how low to go. Yeah. It's like, I, I just put it against other shows that, I, it's hard for me to put it against all other shows, but even shows of that genre. And I end up in like the, like three to two and a half out of 10 category. I was, um, I'm stuck between 1.5 and two. Yeah. Um, so why are you stuck? Why are you stuck between like that range? Uh, because it's a it's a very 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 bad show mm-hmm. and i don't know how much enjoyment i got out of like was it a 0.5 enjoyment or was it a whole point of enjoyment um i don't like so my how i look at it and how i think about my rating is a lot of disney channel shows created nostalgia mm-hmm. as a result of it. someone watched it and someone thinks fondly upon most disney channel shows whether it was good or not whether the quality was fine whatever I think so few people look at this show that way. Mm. I think people who grew up with Corey in the house do not look fondly upon episodes of Corey in the house. In fact, I bet you that people would be hard pressed to talk about an episode storyline of Corey in the house. Yeah. I can at least think about other shows that I watched, be it like sweet life or um, like Hey Arnold, like any of those shows. And I can instantly name episodes mind you like some of those are my favorites so obviously i can but like it's easy for me to name an episode name a storyline but i don't think anyone looks fondly upon this show and the reason why is because its quality was so low and it was so phoned in the reason why i say 2.5 instead of like i go lower like instead of one or like 1.5 is because there was at least some talent in the cast yeah there was some energy um and at the end of the day, like Disney Channel shows aren't great, but comparing it to others, like this is the bottom of the barrel for sure. 
it is like i i feel like 2.5 so that's where i sit with it i think a 2.5 out of 10 stars all right so all right you're going with 2.5 yes i think a lot of problems in Corey in the house for me is that the more you think about it the worse it gets Mm-hmm. If you dwell on Bahavia, you have to start dealing with the racism of it all. Yep. If you dwell on how Corey is treated, you have to start dwelling on the racism of it all. Mm-hmm. If you dwell on the entire, entire relationship that defines the show, which is Chef Victor working for Martinez, you have to acknowledge the racism of it all. Corey in the House, it centers itself with these uncomfortabilities that other Disney Channel shows don't, but mm-hmm. it's already so crude and poorly made that it comes off even more Hot, I don't. I don't know if hostile is the right word. Yeah, but it's sensitive. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with a 1.5. Yeah, it's That's... a bad show and it's aged very badly. And I think it's only gonna age worse. And it has that element of propaganda to it that I hate, like that American propaganda, American mm-hmm. xenophobia, jingoism. Ugh. Probably my least favorite aspect about Corey in the house. I'm very glad to get away mm-hmm. from it and not have to see the fucking White House every week. <laughs> If only we had done 1600 pen, Josh Gad, <laughs> we could have been back in the White House. Another um, 14 weeks. So I'm going to share my screen again. Okay. Um, the last thing, Ren, that we are going to do with Corey in the House is this article um, titled Corey in the House, uh, 10 Burning Questions the Classic Disney Franchise Never Answered. Now this comes to us from Andrew Jett. Uh, and it was one that he sent us uh, pretty early on. And I said, I love it, but I don't want to get to it yet because... Okay. Uh, it seems like we don't know what these questions are yet. So let's look at it in the finale. So uh, these are questions that this article poses. This is Screen Rant. It's written by Kareem Gant. uh, One of Nicole's coworkers, by the way. Who is? Yep. Oh, fantastic. Okay, good. So we'll shout out then um, to to Kareem and this article. So it poses to us, why is Miss Flowers still a teacher? Reasonable question. Uh Uh-huh. Um, which isn't, so from what I get from this article is that it's really based heavily on the episode that we just watched. Yes. I actually looked through this a few weeks ago. I found it. Okay. Um, and so if we're asking, like, think, looking at like, why is Miss Flower still a teacher? Um, is she? Uh, Probably not. Um, I don't know. I didn't feel like she was the most egregious character in the show. But, like, think of it like this. Mm-hmm. He told the kids to rent a movie. Yeah. Don't read a book. Just rent the movie. Mm-hmm. She's checked out. You know, that's not She's a good gone. teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, why didn't Mina and Corey ever get together? Uh, Corey got over his crush on her. Yeah. And moved on. Right. Uh, where was Mrs. Baxter? Did we come up with something for this? Like, so- ourselves? I don't think that we came up with like a full situation. I think that we just bought into the the backstory for her. No, oh, is that like they they straight up they divorced. Like it's not even like they're still together and she's just in law school in England well, or whatever. Doesn't, Victor doesn't wear a wedding ring in Korea. Yes, I believe. Nope. Um, but they were married in that so Raven. She goes to London mm-hmm. to study law. I'm pretty sure. Yes, and then by courting the house, I believe that they're divorced because then Victor and Samantha Samuels, of course, yeah, have their have um, yep. you know. So, um, was Mina's angry song included in the movie? I feel like we got, yeah. He didn't buy the rights. No. Um, all right. Did Sophie finish her book report? This was addressed in the episode. Yeah. Are Victor and Tanya split up? We got, we just covered that. (laughs) 
did Baxter, did the Baxter stay in Washington, D.C.? Uh, President Martinez gets impeached, I think, like a week after this episode airs. Mm-hmm. The White House chef is allowed to stay on with multiple presidents. But considering Martinez brought Victor in, I'm going to assume that whoever's coming in next is clearing out everyone related to the Martinez administration. Yeah. So Victor's doing uh, a job. Because I think Victor, I think Victor would be okay, but the fact that Victor comes with Corey yeah. is a no-go. Um, what happened between Mina and Craig? They slowly drifted apart after college. Yeah, just like Newt predicted. Is Leonard Stevenson and Victor Baxter still beefing? Yes. This one got me. <laughs> um, do you know who uh, Leonard Stevenson is? No. He's uh, known by the nickname Captain Cookoff. So he's in like an episode of That's a Raven. And I guess he was briefly mentioned in Corey in the House, but uh, without knowing who Leonard Stevenson is, it definitely went over my head whenever the reference came up. Yeah, me too. So, uh, Lastly, why did Corey in the House end so soon? Writer's strike. Disney got all the scripts that the writers wrote after the strike, went through them, decided we are not going to read you. The fact we have to air this at all is a travesty. Mm-hmm. And done. Yeah. Um, are there any other burning questions from Corey in the house? Anything else unanswered that the article didn't mention? I wish that there were actual like cast interviews and behind the scenes information. Yeah. On the creation show. I There's... really wish we could get a glimpse of the production and what it was like to actually be at a filming for an episode. Because... I mean, it's been, without having any of that, part of it's been fun to get just, to just like completely make stuff up with you. But at the same time, I would, I would also, I would love to know what went on on the set. It's such a bad show. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine like most people who are actually in the cast and crew were satisfied (laughs) with what they were putting out. No, but who knows? Like, did the writers think it was gold? And I don't know. Was it really all just like a spinoff that was supposed to be to Raven? And then when Raven said no, they were stuck with Corey? Maybe, that might not even be the case. It might be they always intended yeah. to give Kyle Massey his own show. Mm-hmm. And so. Raven at home could have just been pure speculation. Mm-hmm. So there's no, no real way of knowing. Um, anything else, Ren, or are we done? Are you, are you ready to be done with Corey in the house? I'm ready to be done with Corey in the house, yes. I can't believe it's over. Mm-hmm. 34 episodes mm-hmm. and I, I I can only pray this is the worst show I'll ever watch in my life. I hope so. I hope that this is the, the worst show that we will ever, ever watch, but who knows? There'll always be something after Ned's and if we let people vote on it. Raven's home. Here we come. Mm-hmm. We could go right back to the Baxters. Uh, okay. So before we completely wrap up, uh shout outs andrew jet uh your support your graphics engagement you're the best you're a rock star thank you thank you thank you um jill nicole and jenna for being guests on episodes and uh the icarly girls from i rewatch icarly who uh we are feuding with courtesy of jay yes so uh, we are (laughs) in a big feud with them right now but we wanted to give them a shout out as well i think it's our final episode you know Mm -hmm. toss them a little breadcrumb just a crumb Mm -hmm. yeah uh so with that we will be back next week ren that's right ned's declassified with some changes that we won't go into quite yet yes um but we will dive in uh episodes will i assume we'll still record sunday 
and uh, you will be able to listen to it probably by late Sunday night or early Monday morning. So, wow, we're done. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. We're done. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I feel free, Ren. I feel so free. Well, we still have so, to do our sign off. All right. Uh, so with all of that, then, uh, thank you all so much for listening. And thank you all for uh, tuning in, for watching, if, you, if you're on the live stream. Um, and otherwise, I hope that you all have a great rest of your day and take care. I hope you enjoy the trial of the century as Martinez's impeachment hearing begins soon. Take care, everyone. Bye. Good night. Raising Randy Mines and Electric Guitar. Hello, and welcome to Bryce and Ren and Corey in the house. My name is Bryce Henderson. Today we'll be discussing not a season nor an episode of Corey in the house, uh, but the fan favorite video game, Corey in the house, DS. Uh, and with me as always to talk all things Corey is one Renan Fontes. Ren, how's it going? Bryce, it's going great. We're in my field of expertise right now. This is my wheelhouse. This is, yeah, right up your alley uh all things video game uh ren does this compare to um most of the games that you write about bryce i (laughs) so all right i was actually going to write about this game for one of my publications goomba stomp okay love it the title of the retrospective would have been an earnest man's review of cory in the house ds Mm mm-hmm uh, um, among one other key reason, I hated the game so much, I did not want to write about it. You whatsoever. felt like you felt like it would have been a disservice to anyone's eyes or time to have to um, invest anything into this game um, more than you already have. I just there's nothing I can write, but there's mm-hmm. so much I can say. Yeah, uh, th- there's for. Uh, fans of Corey, I, I don't, I don't want to dub us fans of Corey in the house. People who watch Corey in the house, <laughs> uh, for people who watch Corey in the house, there were elements of this game that were direct callbacks and references to the, the show, as you'd expect. Uh, I thought that was nice. I thought that was good. Um, but the video game part of this video game was lacking, Ren. So Bryce, yeah. Uh. On that first point you made about how the game caters to fans. Yes. Uh, The publication Game Boys with a Z would disagree with you. Oh, okay. According to the Cory in the House wiki, and I had to go to the Cory in the House wiki to find this information because the Game Boys website now leads to a malware warning. (laughs) I wasn't going to chance it. Okay, yeah. So according to the Cory in the House wiki... Review website Game Boys also uh, excoriated the game's gameplay, graphics, and sound, concluding that not even hardcore fans of the television series would appreciate it. Um, okay. Like, as 
uh, so again the word fan is questionable but i i would say i'm hardcore involved in the coin house universe you're a I, I didn't appreciate the game by any means, but I appreciated that there was the people who made it watched an episode at least. Yeah, it, something to be said it for was that. reflective of the show. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, Ren, in terms of tackling this, um, I'm, I'm ready to be all uh, kind of like loose with how we talk about this game. Um, I wasn't sure. Do you have any preferred structure anywhere where you want to start in discussing Corey in the house DS? So I took notes. Okay. Generally going through of, like not in any coherent order, just stuff yeah. I want to touch upon as we okay, discuss. Great. And I'm, great. I'm crossing them off as we go. So I'll try not to overlap. Awesome. Uh, but uh, to start, mm-hmm. I want to, I want us to both discuss how we played Corey in the house, how long it took us to beat the game and any, uh, hardware complications we ran into sure uh so so for me i i ordered it from amazon i think Uh, the game was maybe seven eight bucks plus three for shipping so 11 total uh i got it Uh, i was surprised to see that it was completely wrapped still um so it was not a used copy but an untouched copy of cory in the house ds uh and then i played it on my I have a 3DS uh, or 3DS XL. I don't know what the difference is, but I, I played it on there. Um, there were some complications I had with the actual playing of the game. And I'll, there's a, a specific section that I'll maybe highlight more so what that entailed of. Um, but I mean, getting the game and, and playing it itself was not a hassle. But Ren, I'm guessing that that was maybe not the case for you. Okay. Uh-huh. So... I I thought I was so clever. Okay. I have an emulator on my MacBook called OpenEMU. Uh, yes. And it has a DS emulator that works really well. Mm-hmm. So instead of buying Cory in the house DS, I downloaded it. And yes. I played it up until I got to the Buzzy minigame. Okay. Which the game kept crashing on me. And I could no longer proceed. So instead, I had to watch... Let me get the exact... Uh, <laughs> right, in the, right here. I had to watch a young man named... Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm loving this already. Gamer <laughs> Percy 456 play through Cory in the House DS. Two hours, 48 minutes, 38 seconds. Wow. And I had to content. watch his because every other Cory in the House like gameplay video on mm-hmm. YouTube was a speed run that skipped through all the dialogue. And his yes. was the only video that actually goes mm-hmm. through it. The dialogue is some of the best part of the of the game. Uh wow. But uh he <laughs> he's an interesting character. This uh game of four hundred and fifty six. Say more. Video, so throughout the like two and a half hours. Uh-huh. You can like softly hear a man like yelling in the background. Okay. But like it like fades in and out, but <laughs> it, it becomes more frequent as time goes on. It becomes louder and louder. What are they yelling about? Just like he's, screaming? He's like he's yelling. It's like undiscernible. It's, it's far away. Okay. Yeah. But like at one point, like he clearly starts arguing with someone. 
Gamer person gets up, leaves the game running, closes his bedroom door, and then comes back. Wow. There were a couple moments where he was trying to read the dialogue. Yes. And uh, the yelling would happen, and he would get, like, startled. Oh, no. Wow. It 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 was an interesting glimpse into someone's life. Yeah, you had an extra layer on top of not just the content of Cory in the House DS, but it sounds like you had uh, an, an extra layer of having to view this game. Um, well, wow. And uh, did you check out Percy's channel? Is there anything else other than this Cory in the House DS playthrough? Yes, he seems to upload pretty frequently, mainly just reaction videos to trailers and Let's Plays. Let's okay. Plays of... Uh licensed ds games all right so recently he's played madagascar 2 and over <laughs> the hedge <laughs> when you i mean as someone who who's on a cory in the house podcast friend <laughs> uh, when you have your niche you have your niche right uh I, when yeah. it's yeah so good for it if if uh, any listeners want to check him out ren would you recommend people checking out his channel Gamer Percy 450 recommend ooh that's a that's a very loaded word but but would you um look if someone wanted to watch someone else play Madagascar 2 would that be the place to do it you're not going to find a better youtube channel than gamer percy 456 okay he has the definitive cory in the house walkthrough if nothing else it's a, a shining endorsement so uh, let me read his description before we go though okay <clears throat> Gamer Percy 456 is the username, but most people call me Percy. I am 19 years old. I did not get that vibe. I enjoy playing different mm-hmm. types of games, so that may be a reason you may or may not see out of the ordinary games you don't expect people to play. All right. Huh. Okay. Well, uh, I- I'm all in. <laughs> Team Percy. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so this was, that was your experience then of Cory in the House DS. I'm gonna subscribe, you know? It's only, it's only fair. How many subs? Uh, 2.3, 2.3. Thousand? Okay, that's not bad. That's, that's not bad at all. Good for him. Um, all right, so, so that's how you experienced the game then. Um, but you got, I'm glad that you got to at least play the first part leading up to buzzy so you get a good feel of like how the game itself plays yeah admittedly i'm disappointed that i didn't i didn't really get to experience the control part of the game and Mm -hmm. the the tedium of playing through it yes but in a way i feel i was spared a mercy because i really did not enjoy what i played yeah and i did not foresee it getting any better yeah uh, but also, I feel almost kind of uh, bad for you because at least when when you're playing the game, you you like have to have some kind of like engagement with it. But where you yeah. had to watch it, like um, you pretty much watched four to five episodes of Cory in the House, <laughs> uh, just time wise, is what we did. All right, uh, so let's let's maybe I, I think just talk through the game, right? Maybe talk through the plot. We'll get to the different parts of it. Yeah. Uh, and oh. Something I want to discuss plot-wise. You can finish yeah. wrap-up, but I want, I want to start there. Okay. Um, yeah, so I mean, I figure that we'll, we'll do that. We'll ha- make sure that we, we get to all those notes that you took, Ren. Mm-hmm. Um, my notes are, are really not specific at all. It's more of just um, pieces that I want to make sure that we touch on about more of like the, the conventions 
of the game. So I'm glad that you took more specific notes on on pieces that stood out to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the plot, what did you think of it, Ren? I was hoping for something very mundane. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping it would be like a day in the life of Corey Baxter and it would have a so bland, it's like endearing quality to it. Uh, uh, plot wise, it's basically one big boomer moment after the next. (laughs) And if you have have so many boomer moments, uh, it really just falls flat. It really, they don't land. And yeah, so we we have that. We get introduced to a new character who is our villain. That's right. <laughs> Whistly Wazzles. Wazzles. What? <laughs> Try that again, Red. Whistly Wazzlestaff. Yes. Yeah, we have Whistly Wazzlestaff, who is our villain. Uh, only exists in this game. I, I was kind of personally disappointed that the main villain of the video game was someone who they created for the video game. I was I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and he especially he is, for such a bizarre character. Yeah, is he a clown? He's a toy maker. Well, I know, but is it? I feel, I, it's does he have clown vibes? I feel like just the name gave me clown vibes the whole time. Well, I think you're getting clown vibes because he wears a propeller hat with his okay. with his lab jacket. With it, yes, which is a, a natural look. Yeah. Uh, it's to say I am uh, a mad scientist, but also I'm pretty whimsical. Yeah. Uh, he's a toy maker, and he's, so... <laughs> he has a bone to pick with the U.S. government. <laughs> and this is how he gets his in, right? Um, Corey... He ran. I'm hoping you can clarify this for me. Okay, what's up? Uh, is it explained how Corey gets these bobbleheads? These are the presidential bobbleheads from the Corey in the House TV show. Yes, but there's no. Um, he like, are you like, asking how he manufactures? Manufactures, yeah, for like mass production. Yeah. Doesn't he have a bunch of them in one episode, anyways? Yeah, he has a a few in okay. in the show itself. So um, he has he has exactly four boxes of a uh, Martinez bobbleheads. Yeah, and he's ready to to give them out. So okay, wait a second, wait a second. Yeah, hold on, I might have an answer here. Okay. So the the premise of the of the game is that Wacky Wild Toys holds like a toy c- contest or something. Yes. And Corey submits his bobblehead design and it wins. And that's it. Okay. So maybe Wacky Wild Toys produced the bobblehead sent Corey four boxes as a token of appreciation because you mm-hmm. made it so pass them out yes so it's um i pulled up i, I have a um game faqs like a, a text walkthrough as well just to kind of help help with some context yeah so it oh, says did you also reference dr cool jams one's <laughs> highest rated walkthrough <laughs> yeah that's that's uh the same one i have pulled up <laughs> um yeah, it says, uh, Corey, uh, in the first scene, Corey tells his dad his presidential bobblehead won an award, and he's going to be able to sell them to tourists, which don't seem mutually exclusive. Uh, I don't know why he needs to win an award in order for them to, uh, him to sell them to tourists, but... It's a marketing hook. Think of it yeah. like this. A uh, little boy comes up to you in the White House, says, I got a bobblehead <laughs> for you. You gonna buy it? Yeah. No. He says, no. I have an award-winning <laughs> bobblehead right here. Are mm-hmm. you going to buy it? You're sweating. Award winning. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta gotta get it. And so um 
he is going his first objective is he's Corey Baxter businessman he's gonna figure out how to sell them um so we get him navigating the White House as our tutorial um so so I'm glad that you have this uh game FAQ walkthrough pulled up Ren because it does refer to the tutorial Corey as ghost Corey (laughs) (laughs) that's right ghost Corey does exist yeah uh, so we get to move our characters for the first time. Ren, how did you feel about the, the movement in this game? It's not great. No. I felt I found it very clunky, very awkward. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone who's, I like learning different control schemes. And I like older control schemes like tank controls and stuff like that. But these are this is a, a great example of just fundamentally broken controls. Mm-hmm. And the graphics themselves are rough. They're not great. And so as a result, you have like a difficult to control Corey. Uh, he like creeps around. That's how he gets from one place yes, to another. He creeps around and his limbs, they just <laughs> smack in the wind back and forth. Yeah, because if, um, if you leave him AFK for a second, he just stands there and like, uh, it's like he's doing the fabs, uh, <laughs> but like unintentionally. So, did you notice the bodies and postures of the NPCs throughout the game? I did. Yeah, it was I like, had to stop and show Nicole a few because they were just so insane. <laughs> yeah, it's they're very poorly created and um, things are not adding up with how, uh, you know, in terms of like how organs and muscles and bones function in this universe. So... On the subject of the uh, in-game graphics and the presentation, yes, I found a Kotaku article whose title I did not write down. Okay, <laughs> I That's fine. I did research, but I did it badly. <laughs> but, uh, here's a quote from it: "The whole game, not just the mini games, was reskinned from tech that we had used on all of our other DS games at that point. This being." Uh, handheld the studio that developed Corey in the house yes. and a bunch of other ds games yeah or disney games like that's so raven and cheetah girls cheetah girls yeah the majority of the art was created from scratch which helped hide some of the reuse but not really by the time we were done making Corey, the quality of nintendo ds games were improving at a pretty rapid rate a couple of other studios were proving to be really creative with similar licensed content so people were less interested in what we were doing <sighs> So I'm actually going to look up what year Cory in the House came out. 2008. Eight, yeah. So let me look up 2008 in gaming so we can see yeah. its contemporaries. So we can compare compare <laughs> it. Um, and it that is a good note to know because the whole game does feel like there's very little put into it. But it's nice, like, it's nice to know that they tried to redo some of the backgrounds, make the setting itself look nice. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, the, the graphics don't age well Corey's face looks um like deflated at points yeah okay so. here were the 10 best-selling ds games of 2008, 2008. yes so directly what Corey in the house would have been competing with mm-hmm. uh from number 10 to number one final fantasy tactics a2 crosswords ds advanced wars days of ruin mm-hmm. kung fu panda Professor Layden and the Curious Village, Kirby Superstar Ultra, Lego Indiana Jones, Guitar Hero Ontor, 
Pokemon Mystery Dungeons Explorers of Time, and Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. What a terrible year for the DS. I know. Outside of Final Fantasy Tactics and Advance Wars, and Kirby. Kirby's actually pretty good here. Yeah. But, sorry, I'm really stuck on uh, Lego Indiana Jones. Really? Not Kung Fu Panda? I mean, I'm stuck on that, too, being one of the top 10 best-selling DS games of that year. I don't know. Keep in mind that Lego Indiana Jones was riding on the Lego Star Wars hype. Yep. And the DS was a very hot console at the time. uh, But so with that in mind, I mean, I I have not having played, I I don't think, any of those, honestly. Um, But knowing that like Mario and Sonic at the Olympics games, that's a minigame based game. This game has mini games. Um, I just, yeah, Koi in the House DS, I'm sure, does not stand the test of time against uh some of those ones especially not like the final fantasy uh even when it released it it was bad at launch it was dated already yeah um so i mean so the game itself looks wonky feels wonky to play it looks like a launch ds game yes Mm. yeah um or it feels like uh like to compress it they had to remove every other line of pixels um and then (laughs) Just shrink it down. Condense it. So uh, the game itself, uh, it, the, this first area, you learn to move around. You uh, interact with your dad. You interact with Samantha Samuel. She's here. Um, boss. She, yeah, she is the boss. And um, the primary weapon that you use here is the Nikishkas. I was surprised. I was surprised yeah. there was combat at all. <laughs> well, I don't know if throwing a single item at an enemy to temporarily stun it counts as combat because that is that's the depth. It, it just that is the barely deepest counts. that the combat goes. Um, it's very boring. It's I, very I, very boring. I mm-hmm. hate that you can't like actually defeat enemies. No, yeah, Let you just gotta kill someone with a Nikishka. Who cares? <laughs> just stop them from. I just I want to I don't want to be followed all game uh, by it's, that the horde of zombies. It's weird. It's it's like a zombie game without any personality. Yeah, well, it's so um, something I liked about the way that the Nakishkas function is um, if you throw them and you hit someone, it makes like a splat sound or whatever. But if you throw it and you throw it off screen, uh, it will wait the distance time until it hits something and then make the splat sound. So you can stand like one side of a hallway and even if it's off screen, throw it and then you wait a few seconds and then you hear that splat. Um, so I like that. It added to the dynamics of the game. It really makes you feel like you are in the school or in the White House. <laughs> uh, you really feel like Cory Baxter. <laughs> like, because not just if other games, like Mario, for example, Mario throws a fireball. Once it's off screen, that thing is gone. And this, Cory throws a Nikishka, it is going, going, and then it hits a wall, and you hear it. You get that audio cue to say, yes, you hit a wall. You heard it here, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. One Cory, zero Mario. Yeah, they gotta learn. You gotta take some notes. Uh, yeah, so as you're, uh, you kind of just wander the White House in this tutorial area just to get, like, used to the controls. Uh, you throw the Nikishkas at some FBI agents, which that seems like a legitimate thing to do. Um... You inspect the, the president's desk. 
and you find a box of bobbleheads in the desk. So let's talk about that, that the touchscreen mechanics. Yeah. Do you like that aspect of the DS? Um, so, it, yes. Yeah, I, I like it as a tool kit. Mm-hmm. Um, so similar to, like, the Wii U, I think, really perfected the idea, but I like having the two screens where you have, like, your tools to select from down there. It's easy to select to and from. Um, I don't like having to control with the touchscreen necessarily. Uh, in, in some cases, it's okay, but usually I like it just for selecting items. Well, like like any kind of control scheme, it needs to be done well. Yeah. Would you say Cory in the house does its touch controls well? Uh, no. So here are the times that you're interacting. Let's let's talk about when you interact with the touchscreen, Ren. Okay. Um, so the the mini games. We'll talk about the mini games. I think when we get to them. That we have to talk about them in depth. There's a lot to discuss. Yeah. Uh, so there's the mini games that you use the touchscreen for. Um, in these cases, you like can press on something and you zoom in. And then you press on an object again. There's nothing indicating what to click on, though. So you just kind of click around the screen until you click on the right object. And then something will pop up, and you take it, and that's it. So like, is it super intuitive? Uh, I don't like it. I I don't really like the touch controls here um, for what it's used for. So I am booting up my game right now so I can look at the... uh mini game names yeah good good um there's there's some pretty pretty rough ones in there okay so mm-hmm. so the main menu when you yeah. booted up the game what did you think of the fact that there was story arcade and extras uh i went straight to extras were you excited to look through the gallery no uh so you beat the game right you have a completed file I do have a completed file. Have you gone through the gallery yet? I have not gone through the full gallery. Should I get my DS? Yes, and, uh, pull out your DS and tell me what photos you have. It. Okay, give me a... Uh, Ren, you got to riff for like half a second. All right. All right, folks. Talk about... Uh, talk about introduce the mini games. Give an overview right. of the mini games. All right. Uh, hold on. I actually went to the options menu and it's yeah. saving as I exit. All right. So our mini games are... <clears throat> DC3 Beats which is the main minigame that's played between every episode where you control Cory, Newt, and Mina in a generic rhythm game. If you've played any of those American Idol or like high school musical games on the GBA, then you've played DC3 Beats. Uh, security keypad. You have to watch a keypad, enter in numbers, memorize that number, and then punch it into the keypad before time runs out after the numbers disappear. PDA wire bypass. You have to disconnect a bunch of wires from a mainframe and then reconnect the wires back. Wires are come in five different colors, I think. Red, blue, green, orange, purple, maybe. Road run. You control Corey as he runs through the streets of Washington, DC. Uh, you have three moves left curve, right curve, and straight ahead. If you crash Corey into a building or a car, you have to start all over. And Buzzy the Spy Fly. You control Buzzy through air ducts using all the controls on the DS. L, R, A, B, the D-pad, the touchscreen. It crashed my game. Bryce will tell us more about it. Yep. 
Uh, are there others, Ren, or did you did you cover them? I think that's all of them. Okay, great. Um, so of the mini games, uh, did you have a a favorite um, mini game? A favorite? Mm. Yes. I think I would have liked DC Three Beats more if my microphone worked properly. Yeah. I like rhythm games. Okay. Other than that, I didn't find any of them particularly compelling. Roadrun had the potential to be kind of puzzly, but it never came together. Like, no. even just watching it. Yeah. Uh, so I... DC3 uh, went on way too long by the end. Uh, the last one is like uh, three and a half... T- Four and a half minutes. I was shocked at how at the fact that they were getting longer and longer. Yeah, and it's the difficulty doesn't necessarily go up. Um, you're just pressing. Uh, it's like Guitar Hero kind of where like things are popping up on the screen. Uh, there's a number and then a circle that draws closer to it. You're supposed to tap it when the circle goes over it. Um, then there's like different mechanics where there's one that you like press on the stylus and drag it down. Uh, but the songs, uh, the songs are the same. Uh, like it stays the same the whole time. So it's just uh, not a lot of fun to listen to and even worse to play. Also, I couldn't get mine. One of the uh, mechanics in it, I couldn't, I don't know how it works. Which one? There's, okay, so there's uh, the ones I described where you press the stylus and then drag it down. There's one oh, where you cute. like, there's one where you press on the button on like the number circle and it like rotates uh it like flips down like, i think you have to blow into the mic blow into the mic i think you have to blow into the mic while doing that oh because okay the microphones that makes so much sense for why why that is the way it is um but it's fine the game never tells you that yeah, it doesn't actually tell. It tells you how to play as Corey and Newt, and then it introduces Mina mm-hmm. after explaining how to play as Newt without explaining how to play as her. Yeah, no, I uh, I looked it up on YouTube. I was trying to see if there was anyone who could help me get through the the jamming sessions. And right, yeah. Let me just say regarding YouTube, a lot of phonies and posers out there. So many people joke about Corey in the house and Corey in the house DS. Mm-hmm. and i don't see any activity you know you're all liars don't yeah yourselves. well so because ren this is one of the more like meme uh aspects of cory in the house that's why so this is this plays into the cory in the house is an anime fan base it very much does people um will host parties where they get together and they have like uh cory in the house pictures up and they have the DS game, but they don't actually play it. They don't watch the show. They don't do anything. So you and I are putting in the work. We people will thank us in the future. future they will. Historians will say Bryce and Ren kicked mm-hmm. it off. Well, because that's a, the thing about it is if you... Cory in the House as a meme, I like. I get it. I think it's funny. I thought it was funny at the time. Uh, it's kind of run its course now and you it has run its course you and i aren't really in the business of doing this podcast as like uh the meme of it like why you and i are are podcasting with Corey in the house i couldn't quite point to an exact reason (laughs) um but i can tell you that it's not because uh 
not like just for the memes necessarily. Uh, all right, so back to the mini games, Ren, because I want to like make sure that we we have the full conversation about these mini games. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on them? Uh, I, Buzzy broke your uh, emulator. Yeah, I couldn't play Buzzy, but it looked like the most sophisticated of the bunch. Yeah, but Buzzy was frustrating. There was mic involvement on that one too, but I it was really inconsistent for me. Uh, I don't know yeah, if there was the, a 3DS is a very bad mic. Yeah, I don't know if I needed to, like, blow into the mic and press a button at the same time. Sometimes that worked. Sometimes it didn't. Uh, so, Buzzy, you would, like, fly around an event and, like, avoid spider webs, try to collect stars and batteries, and then get to the end of the course. Uh, yeah, and then otherwise, like, the uh, the wire minigame and the code minigame, those weren't minigames. It's, it's like busy work. <laughs> they both were busy work. The code one is literally, we're going to show you a number and then you type that number in. <laughs> there's no there's no challenge to it. It's not even like they take the number away and you have to remember what was up there. Uh, it's just, you type it in. You just have to make sure you don't press the wrong key. They do take the number away. Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. See, so I didn't even notice because it was they were so simple. It was like three numbers and then the last one on each one would always be four. But not, not very uh, complex by any means. No, it, and yeah, and the game's not trying to like intellectually stimulate anybody. No. Um, and so the thing about these mini games is that they almost serve as roadblocks or like filler where just when you think that you're like moving along you hit one of these and it completely kills uh any momentum that you may have had uh whether it's like you're about to get into a room that you had to go somewhere to get a key for and then there's a a security keypad that you need to mount to this number yeah or like um the one that dc3 was the one that kept getting me ren where like every single episode Every single episode, they would say, hey, let's play. Let's go to Casa Nude and play. And play. And then you would just do it. Well, they um, have a story reason to do it, though, because the DC3 music is what's jamming the uh, hypnot- the transmitter. Which makes no <laughs> sense. Makes no sense. So there's... um, All right, so Corey... Uh, wait, 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 wait. All right, right. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's establish that episode one is, like, a pretty straightforward like slice of life look into Corey's day yes like there's nothing particularly weird about it besides it being just Corey in the house nonsense Mm -hmm. like Corey wakes up sophie what was it she traded his bobbleheads away for a pda a cell phone yeah yes it's a cell phone they keep calling a pda Mm -hmm. well it's 2008 so that's right Mm mm-hmm so Corey uh, has his Walkman, but he doesn't have his bobbleheads. Yes. But, you know, he explores the White House, finds them, goes to the mall. Does he go to the mall? What happens next? Yeah, so he, uh, he finds them all, uh, finds them all, finds all the bobbleheads. Uh, he gets some French fries for Sophie, and then he wants to go to the mall to sell his bobbleheads. So his goal is he has them now. He wants to go make some money. So he goes to the mall. And he, uh, he, so, 
Like, you have to do, like, uh, fetch quest shenanigans going back and forth from each store. Yeah. To convince each uh, vendor to sell your bobbleheads. Mm-hmm. And because they all have, like, a condition. They're like, yeah, I'd love to sell them. If you go ahead and give me, like, a CD I've been looking for. Or uh, my shipment of Kung Fu Cats 3. Yep. If you can get that for me, then sure. Uh, I will go ahead and sell your bobbleheads. Uh, is it lucrative for every single store at a, the same mall to sell a single item? Bryce, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. How many malls have you been to with two game stops? Oh, okay, yeah. Checkmate. Yeah, it's a good point. Good point. Yeah, uh, this way Corey's thinking is he can cover all markets, I'm sure, right? Uh, Every demographic will get a chance at the presidential bobblehead. And it's at the the mall in D.C. as well. Um, Not like the mall, not like the, you know, out in the the open but like the mall where all the shops are and uh my thoughts here are if you're a local you're probably not gonna buy this bobblehead right i mean as a massachusetts local i only buy massachusetts politician bobbleheads yeah so okay so you're thinking locals would be because i'm i'm thinking no tourists are gonna go to the mall gonna go shopping in dc like the problem is the locals will buy it it's the tourists that bring in the money. Yeah. Corey so, messed up. He's dem- he's targeting the wrong demographic mm-hmm. altogether. Yeah. I don't know why he feels he needs to go to the mall versus just standing outside. He has that award now, so why can't he just, to your point earlier, stand outside and sell his award-winning bobbleheads to tourists? All right. That's right. So we didn't we didn't establish that, that Corey wins the toy contest. Yes. He's won. Um, he wazzle stop chooses... Corey's bobbleheads. Mm-hmm. And so a stroke of luck he chose Corey's. Yeah. Otherwise we'd all be hypnotized today. <laughs> I know, because Corey, yeah, like luckily Corey has the skills and the friends to help him out out of this situation. Um so Corey gets all these places at the mall to sell his bobblehead. Uh and then he goes home. And, of course, DC3 plays at Casa de Newt. Because <laughs> it's the end of a, of a in-game yeah. episode. It's how every episode of Cory in the House ends. They mm-hmm. all go back to Newt's house and jam out one of their <laughs> DC3 songs. Uh, and at the mall, so we saw um, Carl, who's Boomer's Keeper. And he knows cheat codes. <laughs> yeah, he does know cheat codes, which I, I never looked into actually i probably could have found those right uh, uh i know game faqs has some cheats li- listed but not all of them yeah i don't know what cheat codes in this would do you collect money throughout but i never did anything with that money oh you never bought anything no i you can buy what like a background to the pda is, is that it no, you can buy uh, upgrades to your Nikishka, upgrades to Buzzy, and new clothes for Corey. What? Yeah, if you go to the presidential seal, which is how you save, uh, you yeah. can click shop. And you can uh, upgrade the Nikishka like, to like level three or four. And there are a bunch of different polos that Corey can change into. And his what? business suit, the black one with the green undershirt. 
what would upgrading the Nikishka do? Does it just make it the stun last longer? I think it makes the stun. Yeah, I think it does make the stun last longer. I don't know so what upgrading do you, Buzzy does. Do we like? Is that a bragging right thing? Like I can say that I played it all with without leveling up any of my items. Yeah. Hmm. Um. All right. So the next day in the game, after DC three plays, Corey goes home. This is when the real plot starts, Ren. I, I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I was Everyone, really expecting something simpler. Yeah, this is uh, catastrophic. You know what that... it reminds me of, though? Sure. Like a made-for-TV Corey in the House movie. Like the Kim yes. Possible finale. This, yeah. this would theoretically have been the Corey in the House finale. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that uh, like directly the Kim Possible movie or Kim Possible finale? Like, uh, right. so, like toys hypnotize people? How could I forget her arch nemesis, Whistly Wazzlestop? <laughs> Yeah, so, so I agree. Like, in the context of that, of it being, like, this is the biggest episode ever, something like this would make sense. But it uh, feels so out of place here. It is. It's jarring. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I forgot. I... So before we go into this, yeah, did you speak to many of the NPCs throughout the game? I did, yes. I, I made sure I talked to everyone. I don't think I could tell you a bit of any of the dialogue, though. Uh, did you? How'd you feel about Donna's little crush on Nanoush? Oh think yeah, we, you think we can get them together? Yeah, two? Donna the tour guide. You're right. Uh, does mention that she's uh, interested in uh, in Nanoush in the CD store. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure that we can get them together. I think once Nanoush has done his time, um, and he's out free and walking, him and Donna could could be a really good couple. I think so more age appropriate uh definitely yes um yeah and she gets to you know live out her dreams married to a a bahavian pop star so okay uh so back to this story ren uh we're now at school uh we've stickler and jason jason is he labeled as jason on here he keeps introducing himself as Jason, Weird. which I feel like he does not do in the show. Nope. So is he like annoyed that people are calling him Stickler? No, he just he just introduces himself as Jason. It's just an interesting distinction. That's what he does. Um, yeah, so he he's really present in this game. He's basically the secondary main character alongside Corey. Yeah. He never plays him. Nope. He's involved in, in driving the plot, though. Uh, probably just because of his connections to the CIA and to the tools that we use. Um, they decided to use them, uh, but it doesn't do much for me here. I thought Stickler's little quips were insufferable. Yes. And he's he's uh, really, really like uh, pushy towards Mina. You uh, it's support characters in games can mm-hmm. work well. Like Midna from Twilight Princess or any Metal Gear Solid game usually has like a, a fun and engaging support team you can speak to. Mm-hmm. But Stickler in this, he's demeaning. He's like he's poorly written. He's yes. very creepy when you play as Mina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he calls Mina like babe. Uh, and muffin. like yeah, muffin. That's the I mean, one. And she's like 
begging him to stop. Every time she's like, please stop. And he's just like, oh, I won't. I'm going to keep on calling you names that make you uncomfortable. Yeah, he's he is insufferable in this. Uh, but luckily, we don't get him uh, for the... Oh, wait, no. We get him for the whole game. Yeah. Uh, we get him every single step of the way. He's with us. Him and the yeah, mini He might games. have the most dialogue in the game. I think he does because you're not always playing as Koi. Sometimes you're Newt or Mina, and so they take some of the dialogue. You play as Newt and Mina three times each. Um. All right. So, at school, school is like a zombie apocalypse. Everyone's been hypnotized. Uh, yes, they've all been hypnotized by Corey's bobbleheads, which we've we've gone over. Um. So we learned some of the uh, some more like basic things here. So like he picks up money and cash that's around. Uh, if he gets touched, so there's like these uh, zombie people that just wander the halls, and so you can throw your uh, your uh, Nikishka at them to like stun, and then also they will, uh, if they touch you, they'll like take some of your life energy. As Corey gets less life energy, uh, which is shown through a. a like a big graph next to a symbol of a brain. Yeah, Corey's health is represented by a brain, not a heart. Yeah, uh, I guess they're trying to tell us that Corey's biggest strength is his brain, like his brain Corey's power. a thin man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has no heart. And he, he um, so what he does best is he throws Nikishkos at them gets stunned, uh, if he loses brain power, to recharge, he drinks a blue slushy. Blue juice. Blue juice. That is our um, our like power-up health regen in this game. Uh, it's like loose bottles of blue juice. Yes. I just like spread throughout. So you wander the halls. Your goal is to initially find a vent to put Buzzy, the CIA spy, into and then play the Buzzy minigame. Uh, you navigate the school. Uh, at one point, you play as Newt here. Newt is up in the gymnasium. Newt traps uh, himself in the infirmary, and he's one of the only people unaffected by the hypnotism <laughs> because he's so airheaded. Yep, he's so... He was stuck inside of there. Um, when he goes, when you're playing as Newt, uh, you encounter the first, what I would consider a mini boss or boss of the game. Yes, I wrote down all the bosses and their health. I want to discuss the the power tier. Oh, good. Uh, so here, the first boss that you encounter is Candy. Yep. Uh, what is her, her health level? Candy has three health, three HP. Okay. That that feels accurate. Your, your goal as... Newt here is to go around and uh, press buttons on the ground that when they all turn blue, the speakers will uh, like get really loud and I don't know. <laughs> They're so loud it gives Candy a brief seizure. Yeah, she like she takes a moment um, and when she's taken a moment that's your opportunity to throw a exploding dessert at her. Uh, you do that three times and then you shake her out of it, which is helpful and useful to the team because uh, it isn't. After this, I don't think we see Candy again. Uh, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, 
So you continue to make your way through the school. Finally, you make your way up to the roof where naturally the juicer is. <laughs> what was he doing up there? Bryce, ju- the juicer is just using a transmitter to hijack Corey's presidential bobbleheads. So it'll, they'll hypnotize everyone who bought them into being his friend. Uh, well, th- that's what we're thinking. We're like, oh, the juicer's behind this? That's what we're thinking. And something hilarious with Percy happened while the juicer was explaining his motivation. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's, what is that? He quietly said, that's kind of like me. And then his dad immediately yelled in the background of the video. Wow. <laughs> oh, Percy. <laughs> um... <laughs> so loaded (laughs) so layered (laughs) yeah so juicer's on the roof um he has uh what's his hp ren so the juicer is tied for the highest hp in the game at six Mm -hmm. well he's also probably the oldest character the second oldest character in the game probably um just behind i can assume yz is just a little bit older but he's far surpasses the age of victor and martinez um yeah so juicer uh you throw your nikishkas at him same complex combat as it has been he'll tire himself out as he follows Corey. yep um and then you're able to like uh break into the transmitter and reset it and that's when um also like the juicer and Corey have a conversation about like being friends that's right i wrote down a choice piece of Corey dialogue yeah trust me just be nice and you're bound to make some friends if only Corey could follow that same advice from the mouth of babes mm-hmm. uh all right so yeah so the juicer feels bad for what he did um and then you go on to the next well you go home you played with dc3 boring uh, and this is pretty much the whole gameplay loop throughout. It is. This is it. And so now, now that's it. So now you're going to be going to a location, fighting off some zombies, taking down the transmitter, and then uh, going to play with DC three. Would is it fair to say that there's zero plot development up until you finally meet Wisley? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I do think that's fair. Uh, the only other like plot things that come up is you start to get worried about um, Ambassador Perum, Mina's dad. Uh, you're wondering like what's up with him. He's just hypnotized. It's nothing special. Uh, and yeah, that is really it. Let's get away from story. Yeah. It's, there, it's exhausting. <laughs> there isn't much more to it than that. You go through, you finally meet the toy maker uh, in uh the capitol building which Corey was able to walk into uh I mean, dialogue wise this script is very bad even by Corey in the house standards it's terrible mina's mina's like even worse in the show somehow yeah yeah uh she is a bland character here ren there's there was one exchange with an NPC I wrote down mm-hmm. where Corey said you're talking to Corey Baxter, and then the grown man he was speaking to said, "Yeah, cute name." <laughs> <laughs> it's so the the dialogue in this game um, 
equally as you just described the story as exhausting. I would say the dialogue equally as exhausting. I found myself skipping through most of it um, because I Stickler, once you find out he's just going to be demeaning, he continues to be demeaning. Um, Newt, even Newt, who usually has some good lines, has nothing here. Well, Newt's lines are very repetitive. Yeah. He does the uh, voices in his head bit for like three paragraphs. <laughs> but at that point, I kind of do wish that we heard more of what was inside Newt's head in the actual <laughs> episodes. Well, like it could give us some good insight. That's the thing. The plot derails so fast. Mm-hmm. And then it separates Corey, Mina, and Newt. Yeah. And there's, there's like no so. There's no Sophie, Martinez, or Victor present throughout most of the story. Yeah, Martinez, uh, I don't think we even see him until the end. He shows up at the very, very end to tell you uh, to play a second playthrough. Mm-hmm. Awful. Yeah, uh, so overall, uh, anything else you have to say about Cory in the House? I'm kind of, uh, I'm tired. You're tired? I'm tired of Cory in the House, DS. All right, let me run through my notes. Yeah, what else do we got? Okay. So, it's, it's a bad game. On a design <laughs> level, it's a very bad game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's attempts at puzzles. It uses a lot of, like, box-pushing puzzles, a la The Legend of Zelda. What did you mm-hmm. think about those? Uh, they were very, very easy. They are. They look The boxes are easy. right next to all the switches. <laughs> <laughs> They're all, you just need to push them into whatever direction the switch is in, and you're fine. You're good. Um, classic game design nobody loses mm -hmm. did you appreciate the fact that uh characters had multiple different face portraits for dialogue (laughs) Corey had his creepy smile his Mm -hmm. haunting smile yeah his surprised smile different expressions i did like that i thought that was nice um yeah the i gotta be honest i think i cared less about seeing the main characters but i did like seeing like I, we mentioned Carl, Donna, um, that like supporting cast of characters who otherwise, like even the juicer, it's nice to see him. Um, who it like was otherwise. Way to see that element downplayed as the game went on. Yeah. Yes. There was a lot less of that. Oh, and Alexander, he's here as well. Oh, that's right. The library. <clears throat> I wrote down. In a little piece of dialogue between Stickler and Corey, I think it's worth pointing out. Yes. <clears throat> Stickler, are you ready to infiltrate the Library of Congress? Yeah. Corey, yeah, our jam is going to blow the walls off that place. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, wanted to highlight that little did piece this, of Did it raise any flags um, <laughs> with the FBI? Did this game raise any flags? <sighs> very possible yeah the the whole ending where we spend a whole level in the library of congress and then a level in the capitol building really were surreal um, how did none of these grown men manage to apprehend Corey? i i don't know they just let him by well they're in zombie mode why didn't whistly wazzlestoff have a gun uh because instead he all these crimes he couldn't have found a gun he had ro- roller skates right what, you can't shoot skates. while riding around on your roller skates? No, it's hard hard to aim. So instead he figured he would just skate around Corey <laughs> in the same pattern 
and after he gets oil slicked twice in a row, would continue to do it. Naturally. All I'm saying, if Corey were a real hero, he would have waited to fight Wazelstaff until he had a gun. <laughs> Even the odds. Um, would Corey in the House DS have been... If, if it's remade 2021, is Corey in the House DS an open world game? It is. Okay. You, the, the road run mini game. Mm-hmm. You have to just physically walk everywhere. <laughs> Corey is not allowed on the bus. You can wait for a bus, and but it'll always just drive by you. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. Oh wait. Uh, I don't know if I'm making this up. Was Chad Berkowitz here as well? I think I'm making it up. I don't think he made an appearance. I don't think he did. Okay. I don't remember it. So whenever I think about the bus, I just think about uh, Corey uh, taking the bus back from whatever it was the purple lobster uh during the first section of mina's gameplay Mm -hmm. percy's parents started arguing oh i already said this he got up and shut the door right yeah okay yeah Yeah. oh (laughs) uh let's go through the boss hierarchy yeah so we discussed the the uh the juicer was level three oh sorry the juicer was level six. Candy was level three. That's right. Next up, we have Agent Allen. Yeah. Sophie's bodyguard. Who has one HP. Yeah, he was easy. Uh, then Samantha Samuels, who has four HP. Mm-hmm. And then Wisley, who has six. So canonically, according to K- Corey in the House DS, the strongest characters in this universe are, in order, the juicer, mm-hmm. Wisley, Samantha Samuels, Candy, Agent Allen. Wow. It's funny to me that Agent Allen has the his, least HP out of anyone. His job is to be strong. <laughs> his one job is to get paid to be there and look tough and look strong to protect Sophie. Yeah, one HP. All one right. HP. I want to highlight one last piece of dialogue and then I want to go through these last... The IGN quotes I uh, Okay, perfect, perfect. I forgot at what point in the game it is, but Victor calls Corey and says, Corey, it's been days. When are you coming home? (laughs) (laughs) Which got a genuine laugh out of me. It also makes it seem like Victor is oblivious to everything else going on. (laughs) Uh, The fact that the president, who he's supposed to be feeding, has been missing for days. Is Victor bringing food up to the oval office just leaving it on his desk uh and it's just like right, piling up take away the rotting food he just yeah leaves. he just leaves it he's like huh maybe he's uh with cory <laughs> boys will be boys mm-hmm. yeah all right these ign yeah what are, what are some of the quotes from the, I, I read the review i it's a very good review i want to discuss a few points yep all right this first one how do you top a spinoff series about a psychic high schooler by giving him an equally ludicrous, if not less paranormal premise living in the White House? Um, equally ludicrous. Do you agree that a teenage psychic is as ludicrous as a boy and his father living in the White House? Nope, I don't. Uh, I think uh, that psychic powers are like, the hypnot- toy hypnotism in this context of Cory in the house felt weird. In the context of that's a raven, I don't know if it would have been the most far-fetched thing. No, probably not. 
no i know that it's all the same shared universe but uh no i, I think the psychic powers are far more uh you know wild than Corey's living in the white house i do want to point out that around halfway through the game the enemies change from human beings to gigantic toys that lunge at the player oh yeah the, like the gigantic baby doll that runs at Mina. <laughs> yes. This that and the, the stuffed animals. Yeah, the stuffed animals that just stay there and then when you walk past them, they get up and they come at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what, else from this, yeah, oh, what else from this review? Oh, I was asking you, what else do you have from the IGN review? Despite being pretty much the child of a servant... Corey acts like the man of the White House. He's always scheming something, which kind of makes him like a less funny Keenan and Kel, which is saying something since they weren't funny to begin with. Well, that's a 10 oofer. Uh, yikes. Right? Yikes. And uh, I just immediately checked. I have the review up as well. Posted April 25th, 2008, but updated in 2012 um at, at 4 40 a.m so i don't know what those changes were couldn't even uh fix the keenan typo yeah uh not great not great jack i uh, also yeah i don't even agree with that take um of being a child of a servant uh let's kick this guy's ass yeah uh what else what else is in the review all right so something i found interesting was that Jack points out the game has a lot of hallways, mm-hmm. which, is a ve- which is a very common complaint regarding dungeon design back back then. But I feel like it's kind of quieted down now, and dun- and hallway esque dungeons are accepted, or hallway esque level design is very commonplace. Um, what do you think? So when I think about hallways in terms of modern use in gaming, I'm sure you're thinking of, of a different genre than what I'm thinking of. I'm, I know that was the biggest issue, well, not the biggest, but one of the many issues that folks had with the latest Pokemon games with Sword and Shield mm-hmm. uh, on the Switch is that every single route felt like a hallway, a glorified decorated hallway. Of, yeah. There's one point you go in, one point you go out. There's not really much else to, to wander off the beaten path. Nothing really like explore secrets to find. Yeah. Uh, in in terms of in use in Corey in the house, um, I I kind of agree with it. I didn't really like the use of the the hallway based levels um, where it does really feel like you're just navigating a maze the mm-hmm. whole time, and that's that's part of it. But <laughs> what did you think? Did you like it? I did not like it. I found yeah. the level design horrible. Horrible, horrible. Mm-hmm. What I did get to play, I did not enjoy. What I saw looked just meandering and mindless. And it, the, yeah. the in-game map isn't spectacular either. So, yeah, that map um, will highlight for you at all times a room with an exclamation point for where you want to go. Okay, so there's really no reason to explore. But if you want to try to explore some of the different rooms that are uh, you know, off the beaten path, you can try, but the majority of them are going to have a wall of text that blocks you from going in there. It's like uh, the first three hours of Twilight Princess. Yes. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Yeah. Uh, but a full game, and then yeah. it's done. And then it's it. Um, 
All right, what else, what other pieces do you have from it? All right, last quote. This one's from Kotaku. Uh, okay. In total, Cory and the House took seven months to churn out, which was common for the company's DS games. Does it show? Does it show that this game was made, developed, and published in seven months? Seven months. Uh, that is, yes. Yes, it entirely shows that this game was made in seven months. Um, they probably looked at the first 13 episodes of Cory in the House, and then uh, they maybe even had this whole evil toy design thing ready to go for whatever Disney show they want they were assigned to next, right? They probably just had to slot it in. And here we go. Yeah, it, it felt like it took some took seven months to make it was not good um i feel like i've played games that are bad but this game uh was not even for the first hour it was fun to play for like this is funny because of how bad it is i didn't want to finish it playing yeah especially once you know the loop i really didn't want to finish it but at least it's short yeah right. at least it's short i'm happy that this game didn't try to give you a value um all right ren any final notes on cory in the house ds bryce it was such a bad game i'm like i like ripping into bad games mm-hmm. when i review something for cubed i really enjoy when i get to give something below a four and just criticize and criticize. Yeah. But Cory in the house is bad on a level that just feels, I don't know, passionless. Yep. There's nothing there. There's nothing to discuss. There's nothing to say. It's just bad. It's like biting into a rotten apple. <laughs> you spit it out. You stop thinking about it. Why linger? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing there. Uh, it sounds like in the way that you experience the game run, the things going on around the person playing the game were far more exciting than what was actually happening in the game itself. So, it yeah, it just seems like Coin the House DS... Uh, I don't know if it was a missed opportunity because um, I don't know if a Coin in the House DS game ever was going to be good, even if someone was given the time to do it because the source material is so rough to begin with. Um but I'm glad that we experienced it just so we can know. I think it's an important part of the full picture of Cory in the house as far as its impact in modern day. Uh, I wonder how many people who've memed about Cory in the house DS have actually played it. You can say you have. You can say you've beaten it. I know. It's not a proud thing though, Ren. <laughs> I can say I've watched Percy's walkthrough. I've watched a full walkthrough of and i so you mentioned the speedrunning community i do like that that exists for the game and it seems fairly active mm-hmm. like yes. i was seeing a, a i saw a video either from a like a few months ago or a few weeks ago let me look it up really quick yeah i believe that the the um beat rate right now is at about an hour there's actually a big video on youtube uh from two weeks ago called Corey in the house speedrunning will never be the same that's at 50,000 oh. views right now. Yes. <laughs> I love the speedrunning community uh, with or without Corey in the house, but I really like that there is someone out there speedrunning this game. I feel so sorry for how many times they've had to go through it, though. But 
All right, let's close this book, Ren, and never touch it again. Good, good. Mm-hmm. If whatever show we do next has a DS gamer in, do you think we should play it? We have to. We don't have a choice. We must. We need to. Sell big. Take care, everyone. Okay. Bye. Prisoner and demons and electric guitar. Thank you.